0: life was amazing but something happened to my wife i can't feel my heartbeat what she threw up this i didn't have formaldehyde so i saved it in olive oil that was a crazy amount of vomit well i'm not a medical expert it was a huge amount she's acting different i can cook that for you sweetheart
1: i'm fine did mom die
0: she is dead and also undead. The uh, zombie? I don't like that word. I think it's inherently negative. I don't like it either. Well, let's not use it. Episode 173. There's already like 7 million broadcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it,
2: it, It's a trap! To
0: good topic, good attention Do we love it? Hey, let's face it it left and breaks the copper wear parties, of culture spill over like a vulture carry over. Culture push over, pop culture left the Uncool kids. What's this has already been said? I feel pretty sure. The only talent is the band that's singing that is Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop
3: Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And And we're we're the The Leftovers. leftovers. All right, we're doing this over Skype this week. No Frank this week. No Frank. But you know what? We do have a special guest this week. I want to introduce to everybody Mr. Joe Vitale. <laughs> Where'd he go? Did we lose him?
4: Joe, Vi- What's up, bitches? <laughs> hey, you want to see my comic book collection? Here, I'll make a video of it. Right over here, I got my Superman.
3: Oh, I love him so much. Oh, my gosh. This tur- <laughs> Why did this turn into a fucking Joe Vitale roast? What the fuck? <laughs> I like
2: where he took it. That was good. Yeah,
3: he had to to take it there. You know, Scott, you know where I was coming from, right?
2: Yeah, I totally know where you're
4: coming from. And
3: Actually, we just got done recording uh, an episode of The Yard, and it also
4: turned into a Joe Vitale roast. Um, He's a pretty popular guy right now, and uh, yeah, so...
3: Yeah, uh, we do have Scott Shooty, old man Shooty with us. And I, the reason I called him Joe Vitale is for two weeks straight. I think it was the first week you were going to have Greg Alente on, Mr. Spicy Caliente. And, uh, you thought it was Joe Vitale and it was actually I, Greg Alente.
4: It, it was. And the very scary and sad part of that is that I've got a list of everybody that, uh, that's on the call. I mean, I'm looking right at it, and yeah. um, and I, and I just Joe Vitale, I had, yeah. a, I had a drop for him, I dude. I know. Drop I know you, you played everything.
3: you played the drop for him twice. Next week it was fucking it was uh it was uh Eric Marrable, and you're fucking that's, yammering on about fucking Joe Vitale. What's your fucking hard on for Joe Vitale? What the fuck?
4: What can I say? I like Italian <laughs> men. You know, I know, didn't know Italian he, men. No shit.
2: <laughs> I didn't know you did it a second time. You called Marable Vitali by accident
4: uh yeah that was the bit absolutely
3: yep. oh no <laughs>
4: mm.
3: all right so he may yeah.
4: or may not be on this week's episode you just have to check it out
3: <laughs> you never know you never fucking know all right uh, welcome back episode 173 um how's everybody doing so awesome we're hanging in there. Dude, yeah. Yeah. It's been a it's been a shitty week for me. Uh but you know what? We're going to we're going to try to crank this out. We got, we got some news this week and so we're going to try to bring it to you. All right, let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? We got some uh iTunes reviews this week, so let's jump into those. Yes. Uh, here we go. If it's one star five, we don't give
0: a fuck cuz we really love to hear.
3: iTunes reviews for this week Uh, we got let's see here we got one from Kayla 74 it's titled great show it's a five star and it says I just listened to the OA review show and really enjoyed it we will be listening in the future nice so yeah I did did an OA show uh, talking about Netflix's the OA with uh, Ashley and Dan West and Kayla 74 was listening and she liked it and she gave us a five star review so that's very fucking cool um this next one
2: probably listen to the next episode and then completely drop oh
3: god i don't blame her Um, there's
4: no joe vitale on i'd drop out too for sure
2: (laughs) just just imagine him
3: well that's what scott does that's what i do i know it's like the people are telling him that like joe's not on the episode and like he blocks that out and just pretends that joe's there He's got got like he's got like one of those I don't know those uh, what are those dolls that you put in the in the in in the people put in like their car so they can get in the carpool lane those little fucking fake dolls
2: you know uh, a blow up
4: doll
3: yeah you got a you got a Joe Vitale blow up doll (laughs) (laughs) you stroke its hair and shit I I, I imagine
2: it's in a Superman costume.
3: Alright, this is getting weird. Um, you guys there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, we're here. All right. Uh the next one comes from it it comes from Country Fan fifty two, and if this name sounds familiar, it's because this guy at one time, uh or gal, I don't fucking know, left us a review at one time in the past, and it was a one star review.
2: Oh. Yeah. As have we moved up or just do they have new complaints?
3: It was it, it was titled. It, do you remember the Do you remember the one star review? I don't remember what episode it was. that I flipped out on this review for But it was titled "Not for Me." Yes. Do you remember? Yeah, do you remember, remember that one? Do you remember yeah, me flipping out and screaming "Not for me"? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> 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 I like
2: your imitation of yourself. There.
3: that's the best yeah yeah i i don't know uh let's see here um it's it's still titled not for me um and it says not for me not anymore these guys managed to turn my one star into a five star that means wow yeah after this episode it's probably gonna get knocked back down to a one i'm gonna throw that out there
2: I don't, I don't think know so. if, if the other stuff is what turned it from a one to a five. I don't think this is going to be the downfall.
3: Yeah. So it goes that it goes on to say that means something. LOL. It was podcast that it was a podcast that I hated. And somehow these guys managed to turn my hate into love. Ha ha. Good job. Leftovers. This is the first time this has ever happened, Jake.
2: Yeah, th- this makes no fucking sense to me. I, I don't get people.
3: Why do like, you keep listening?
2: This like it's like what three plus hours on average yeah. a week, yeah, and you and you one star it, and there's like eight million other podcasts out there, yeah, like. Why, why are you subjecting yourself
3: to this shit like fucking clockwork orange stock? That's, a, that, like, I don't, oh,
2: five stars.
3: I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Like, I, appre- <laughs> no, I appreciate the fact, like, okay, okay, you've, you've flipped your rating. Like, now you like us. Now I guess you're a part of the leftover army. I don't know. Like, somebody that originally gave us a one star, Jake, they could easily flip again. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah, they're a flipper.
3: Exactly. I, I don't fucking <laughs> know what's going on there. I don't know your fucking situation, but like, you're, you're flippity flop bullshit, but, like, all I'm saying is, like, yeah, Jake, like, it's a one-star, dude. Like, if it's a one-star, I'm done. But, like, why would you keep subjecting yourself to it?
2: Yeah, I get it if it's a three or a four-star, and you're like, all right, I'll keep at it. Yeah. Yeah, you you hate this shit. Yeah. Like, go go listen to the Nerdist, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Imagine all the time that individuals got on their hands, too. So, I'm gonna take the time to write into iTunes that I hate this show. It, it, again, why would you listen to any more fucking shows? I got, okay, I guess I gotta I got three, four hours I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna listen to a show that sucks. Yeah. I, yeah, I
2: got nothing else to listen to. Yeah, what the fuck, man? I, there's like two podcasts that I like and listen to, and I I barely have time to get through them and not be deleting them by the end of the fucking week.
3: Well, hold on. Let's, okay, this is what I want. This is what I, because like, this boggles my fucking mind too. Like, I don't understand this. Like, I, no, honestly, like, I fucking read this shit like two fucking weeks ago, and I, I don't, I still don't understand it.
2: No, Uh, I'm with you. It's like Twilight Zone shit. Black uh, Mirror.
3: Yeah. I'm not like bitching, but like on the flip side I'm fucking my mind is boggled. So what I want you to do is I want you to Country Fan 52. I want you to send me a fucking email explaining this shit. Like yeah. Like what flipped you around and why the fuck were you still listening? Are you I don't get it. Like is it like <laughs> is it You know what I mean? Like podcasting is not like that thing where you're fucking like sitting down on the couch and you lose your fucking remote and you're stuck watching like General Hospital or whatever the fuck's on TV. You know.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm sick. I'm not going to turn the channel. I'm going to watch
3: it. Exactly. You know. Yeah. It went from the Today Show to now soap operas. I just can't find the remote. Fuck it. You know. And you know. So like, like podcasting. You got like the device right there in your hand. Like you could switch and listen to anybody. And. So like, like uh, I want to know. I you, hate this shit. I want to listen to more. I want Country Fan Fifty Two. If you're listening right now, send me an email popcultureleftovers pop leftovers at gmail dot com and let me know. Like I want to know this story and, and and don't just give me like you know like usually I just ask people for like you know come on hurry up get to the point. I really I <laughs> want no. I want you to fucking I want I want a novel. You know what I mean? Yeah, as much yeah, as you yeah. can. Yeah. your thesis. Exactly. About fucking
2: why you're back? Yeah, I,
3: I agree. I want to know. I want to know the story here. There's a story here. This is like, because nobody's ever done this. It's like, typically, it's like, ah, one star. Fuck these guys. But, Jake, you know what? We might have had some one stars come back and keep listening, for all we know, because this guy did. But they clearly don't want to change this to a five star. They might just be like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm going to stick to my guns. These guys are one stars. But, um... Yeah. But this guy clearly went from one to five, and I, I want to know the story here. This is fucked up. That is super fucked and up. We,
2: be, we better get a fucking answer, too. I don't yeah. want to be left hanging.
3: Oh, and I want to know, I want to know like what he thought, he or she thought, when they heard me flipping out on the review, screaming, not
0: for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, did you hear that? Was that like, you know, I don't know. Did you, I wonder if they even heard that. They might have stopped listening and then came back at a more recent episode. I don't,
2: yeah, I don't like know. Yeah, took like six weeks off and came back for like a big
3: movie or something. Yeah, and they, they didn't even get to hear me flip out on them. Holy we'll
2: find out what that was yeah so if they send an email by then we'll know what episode that yeah was.
3: send us that email i'm really i'm really interested all right hey we're gonna be moving on here let me get back to my notes uh let's jump into uh oh a uh, little bit of housekeeping here uh legion is coming out on february 8th on fx it's the new uh noah hawley uh tv series that's based in the x-men universe it's david holler who play uh, who's going to be playing charles xavier's son so uh i'm going to be doing a podcast on it with jimmy mcknight of the ninja starship podcast it's called legion the podcast if you can't remember that you're a fucking idiot so yeah great name the first episode is up right now uh that we did it's a zero episode where we're talking about the creative team and all the characters and all that stuff so subscribe to it i mean um it's going to be an awesome show. And this is like, if you're, if I was put, I put on like Facebook today, like if you're sick of comic book TV show, if you got that comic book TV show fatigue, if you're like, oh my God, like how many shows are there? We've got Gotham, we've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, all the stuff on the CW, and it's all just kind of like bleeding together and it's all the same, you know? If you yeah. feel that way, this show is different. And, and this is not going to be your regular Superhero show. I feel. Th- I feel like this is going to be like high concept, like Noah Hawley, like what what I've come to love from him from like his, from Fargo. I feel like this is going to be a real mindfuck and a great show. First episode's going to yeah. be ninety minutes, man.
2: Yeah, I've seen uh, multiple people already cited as the
3: uh, Breaking Bad of superhero shows. So. That's what oh, Simon. Oh. Yeah, Simon Kinberg said before the show even came out. Like this is Breaking Bad level. And, uh, I have a feeling that this show is going to be fantastic. It's only eight episodes. So if they're going to give me an hour and a half for the pilot, I'm fine with that with only eight episodes in the series. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely bring it. Yeah. So, so that's,
2: that's next week, huh?
3: It's Wednesday is that drops. So our episode will record it on Thursday and you'll probably be listening on Friday to Legion the podcast. So I'm looking forward to that. It's me, Jimmy McKnight and, uh, Will Blattman from the Ninja Starship.
2: That's awesome, man. That sounds awesome.
3: Yes, cannot wait. Oh, I can't so,
2: wait for that show. I can't wait to talk to you guys
3: about that show next uh, week. Yeah, and I'm, I'm and I'm doing Taboo, so it's like three podcasts going at one time. Crazy, yeah. crazy Taboo's thing. got a little, only
2: a little bit more to go, though,
3: right? It's got four more episodes left. There you go. There oh, you go. man. Yeah, this last episode really picked up, too. It was amazing. Good. All right, guys, let's jump into. I, um, if, yeah. if you
2: don't mind me saying something real quick, I actually uh, started a new podcast endeavor this week myself, too. Yeah, go for uh, it. I, uh, Me and Ryan Mears of the um, Comic Slobs started a uh, wrestling podcast this week. Um, we just recorded it yesterday. Mears is busy getting it ready. It should be out on iTunes Sunday, Monday. We are called the Wrestling Jabronis.
3: Jake, this is a really fucked Lulled up concept. The title it's a really fucked up concept though. Shooty like he brought it up to me and I was like, you're doing a wrestling podcast. And Jake was (laughs) like, yes, I'm doing a wrestling podcast with Ryan Mears. And I'm like, okay, what's it about? And he's like, it's me and Ryan Mears. And you just listen to us wrestle. Yes. So crazy. No commentators, no commentators. It's just basically two men grunting in a room.
4: Do you yes. have special guest appearances coming into the room with, like, chairs and shit? Because I'm we, there if you do.
3: We do.
2: Every week we'll have a new special guest. Awesome. So, yes.
3: But you yeah, are – did you record the Zero episode you said?
2: Yeah, we did record the Zero episode. We had all <laughs> kinds of trouble getting everything to fucking work at first. But yeah. we finally got it to work. We put out like a 30, 40-minute, just zero-episode talk, letting everyone know we were out there. Yeah. And we're going to do our first real episode next week.
3: Okay. So check it out, Wrestling Jabronis. Is it on iTunes yet?
2: It it will be, I think, by Monday or Tuesday.
3: Okay. Cool.
2: Yeah, any of of our listeners that are WWE fans or indie wrestling fans that want to hear me and Mears talk about that, you know, check us out.
4: Do you go back – to um like the heyday like awa and when wwf was around too or are you gonna just stick with the uh, current stuff
2: oh no we're, everything's open for discussion um i've been a fan since wrestlemania 4 and then watched the stuff before that after i became a fan so it's all open for discussion right now it's big time royal rumble wrestlemania season so we're kind of sticking to the current but trust me, it's wrestling. There'll be some huge lulls, and we'll have some special episodes talking about the classic shit.
4: If you get back to the way old days, give me a call. Love to talk Iron Chic and all that other garbage. It was awesome.
3: All right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's uh, jump into some Good Pop, Bad Pop for this week.
0: It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Mm.
3: Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system.
0: The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating if all the leftovers love it then it gets to the pinnacle of success a tupperware party
3: all right let's see here hey jake what do you have this week for us for good pop bad pop
0: uh
2: i just have one thing you want me to you want me to go for it
3: yeah go for it
2: yeah i um watched another game show this week i uh discovered on hulu that they have a new updated version of the match game have you guys seen this
3: yet is that with alec baldwin yes okay i didn't know what network it was on but like this is the second season right
2: yes it's the second season there's a full i believe 10 episode first season um all of it's available on hulu if anyone has any interest um i just right off the bat i am in love with this show this show is a tupperware for me um it is just so great um alec baldwin is a fantastic host and what i really love about this show is that they are not afraid to uh kind of let it all out there there's a lot of blue comedy going on um lots of swearing i mean i'll bet it's you know it's being beeped and whatnot when they say it but you obviously know what they're saying but it's it's a lot looter than you would expect from a uh abc primetime game show so i really enjoy that aspect of it um they do a pretty good job getting pretty good celebrity guests too i mean obviously there's some real c to F-less people, but, you know, usually every episode they pull, like, a Jason Alexander or an Ice-T or someone that you, you actually know, but usually there's, you know, three out of the six people that you won't even know. Because, I just,
3: I know, can't like, I can't imagine it without uh, Charles Nelson Riley. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, yeah, he's classic. He's classic, but oh, they, they just do such a great job on this show that the jokes are re- just like the original, you know, they're really cheeky. And they really try to get you to say some crazy stuff. And the if you have a bad answer, the audience boos the ever-loving shit out of you, which cracks me up. It's like <laughs> it's it's one thing for like the celebrities, but yeah. for like these contestants that are like the regular people off the street, they say some dumb fucking answer, and man, the audience just fucking murders them. It's hilarious. Huh? I have
3: to watch. I that.
4: remember the. Uh... The seventy three show when I so when I was younger, Gene Rayburn and the thing that I like about the new one, they still had that long ass microphone. Oh yeah. Right? It's on a pole and shit. But you could tell like they would have to edit the hell out of that show. Why,
3: why do you a li- lot of those... why do you like the, the phallic mic? What the fuck is the deal there, it Scott? Was,
4: <laughs> it was unique. It was unique on television. I mean not not a lot of people I can't remember a whole lot of people that use the long phallic mic, but it's back, right? So yeah. it is
2: back. I, yeah, so you should tune in shooty, you'll get plenty of phallic mic action. <laughs> so I don't know, uh, man. They, I just They ask one of the contestants, um like the question is, uh, you come home and find out that your nanny is a cannibal because they're sprinkling blank on the baby. And the contestant says baby powder and the audience what? just booze booze the ever loving shit out of her. Oh wow. And even one of the celebrities like stands up and says, you can't fucking eat baby powder. (laughs) Wow. But it's just really funny. And uh, like I said, Alec Baldwin is killing it on it. He, um, you know, he's really doing his thing. It's crazy to see someone of his stature on a show like this, like. I don't know if this is the uh, yeah. end of Alec Baldwin's career because he's host- hosting a game show. But. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It's usually like it's a death sentence. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I, yeah. I, like, like fucking Drew Carey. It, the man is just dying before our fucking eyes.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's sad. he's fantastic on Prices Right though. He was
3: really good on that. Show. Is he? I, I see. I, I don't know, man. I just. Uh,
2: I'm a prices Right addict. I still watch it every week. I didn't miss an episode last year.
3: And he had huge shoes to fill, too.
4: I mean, Bob Barker was on that show for, what, three decades?
3: Yeah, he was on there for a long time. I know that. And I, I used to watch it and shit. I used to watch it so much growing up. Like, I knew the prices of this shit. Like, I could have fucking cleaned house on that show for a while. But like, oh yeah,
2: I feel that way now. Still, like, see, get yeah, me on there and I'll yeah. bring whatever they show me. Yeah, I
3: don't watch it. I, I don't know how good he is on that show. It just, it just feels like it. I, I just feel like game show host is like where celebrities go to die.
2: No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, and that's exactly what I'm saying about Alec Baldwin. It's like, yeah. geez, I hope this isn't this isn't it for
3: him, <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: But yeah, if, if you guys like game shows, and I mean, there's lots of great comedy to be had here. And it's just, a, it's also a really fun show to play along with. Like, my yeah. big complaint about The Wall was after a while, you're just watching the fucking ball go down and there's nothing exciting about it. But, yeah. like, but, this is a show where you can actually play along and fill in the blanks too and yeah. see how many celebrities you match.
3: And there's a dick mic, right, Shooty?
2: And a dick mic.
3: There's a dick mic. <laughs> Long, skinny dick mic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know? it's
2: a very unique dick mic.
3: Right. Right. All right. So let's. Yeah, I should, I what strongly
2: you, urge you guys to check this out. What are you going to rate it? Uh, I Tupperware.
3: Tupperware. Okay, good deal. Yeah, I'll watch it. I mean, I loved the uh, I loved the Gene Rayburn shit. So yeah, you know, it's
2: great bubblegum TV. Like, it's nothing yeah. serious. But when you're just fucking fucking around looking at shit on the internet, it's it's great background TV.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I you know I watch like the I watch the match game, the Gene Rayburn stuff, in like syndication. You know, but. It's uh, it's all fun. All right. Uh, Shooty, what do you have for us this week? Well, I got two things. We'll start with um, Powerless on NBC. Do you guys watch that? Uh, no, I didn't. I, w- I was planning on it. I-, I just I I can't get myself hyped up to watch this thing. I know.
2: I did not watch it either. Watch it either. But I was going to watch it on streaming.
3: Yeah,
4: I, I pulled it up and, and watched it um, when I was on a break uh, earlier in the week, just because I wanted to stay on top of where it was at. I was curious. Yeah. Uh, some people had talked about it. So it's the new NBC comedy. It's um, from DC and basically follows um, a young lady, um, Vanessa Hudgens. She plays a um, woman named, um, excuse me, Emily Locke. And she grew up in a a world where uh, she said her town was a flyby city, which means the superheroes would fly over the city and never, ever saw any action. So she comes to uh, this city where there are superheroes, and everybody's just disengaged. They're like, eh, no big deal, and she's all excited. And she's going to go work for uh, a subsidiary of Wayne Industries. It's been um, headed by um, Alan Tudyk, who plays Van Wayne and the only thing he fucking cares about is um making it to Gotham City to work for uh Bruce. He he wants to get out of where he's at. And she's a uh, manager over some um product developers and they're coming up with products to uh keep people safe in a world that's uh, inhabited by superheroes. And uh, it's okay. It's not bad. It's mm. not i'd give it a solid taste Mm. there were some funny moments but the thing that i found most funny was not the superhero stuff but all the all the corporate america side humor right so she comes all in and she's i'm a new manager and i'm gonna go ahead and uh, motivate you and her team's like hey i'm gonna see you motivate us right and so there's a lot of that kind of jokes and being a manager over a team, I, I, I kind of felt like okay, I, I can see where this is coming from, and a lot of it's really funny, but there was nothing over the top. Um, the performances are pretty solid, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hang around and, and see if if it goes anywhere. But tons of DC references. If you're a DC fanboy, you're gonna eat this shit up. I mean, it was all over the place. Uh, it doesn't take itself seriously. Um, it you know I watch a couple episodes or two. There's plenty of other better stuff to watch, but you know for a pilot episode it wasn't too bad.
3: Yeah, I, it's on Hulu. If you didn't catch it on NBC, you can catch it on Hulu streaming. I'm gonna watch it. I was gonna watch it tonight, but I actually instead thought to myself, you know what? I I want to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so I watched that instead. much better choice oh my god it was so good this last this whole season's just been fantastic for it's always sunny oh my god this last episode they did a uh making a murderer spoof oh my god yes they had charlie pretending like he was brendan dassey oh my god oh no oh my god i couldn't believe they did it i mean like you gotta have some fucking balls to do that and glenn howerton and, and these guys, when they write this script for this show, I can't believe that they did it. They, they pulled it off. It was funny. Oh my God. It was so fucking good. It was so fucking good. This whole season's just been amazing for It's Always Sunny. So, um, Tupperware the fuck out of that. Season 12, for crying out Season loud. Season 12. Yeah. Wow. Season 12. And you know, it's, they don't have to do this show. That's what blows my mind. It's like, you know, Charlie Day he's he's got a movie career going now and he's doing he's got that what is that 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 new fight movie with him and ice cube
1: this oh, fight yeah
3: fist fight yeah which i think that, fit, doesn't seem like a rip off of three o'clock high doesn't yeah, it yeah
2: a little bit a little bit it's rated r though so i'm really intrigued by it
3: that's true i'm just thinking like if you've ever seen uh three o'clock high uh with casey casey zemesco from the 80s where it was the students that fought each other. This seems kind of like the same thing. I want to see it, too, because it's rated R. Uh, I like a good rated R comedy when it's not called Sausage Party. So, you know.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Had had they said PG-13 at the end of that trailer, yeah. I would have said Yeah. But the, exactly. R, the R really caught my attention.
3: Exactly. You know, it's like, yeah, like horrible bosses and stuff like that. So um, I just think, yeah, I think uh, Charlie Day just works better in an R-rated kind of atmosphere
2: yeah I agree I agree All Dude, allowed to kind of let loose
3: Fucking, oh oh uh uh it's always sunny this last episode um marine Ponderosa is like the big topic in it with this making a murder spoof that they did well they dropped the f-bomb in it man didn't even bleep it nothing since uh taboo's been show <laughs> taboo's been dropping the f-bomb on FX they let them they let it's always sunny in Philadelphia drop the f-bomb I could not believe That's it awesome yeah could not believe it so how
2: often are they dropping the F-bomb
3: on taboo? Oh, all the time. Jonathan Price's character is always yeah. saying the F-word all the time yeah he, more than
4: once an episode yes yes
3: wow yeah it's yeah, it's, wow. It, it's a collaboration with bbc one so like it airs on bbc nice. one first and so bbc one i mean they can do that they can do all the cursing and all that stuff so tom yeah. yeah tom hardy has worked out a deal with fx network and bbc one so by the time it comes here they're not bleeping it dude they're playing it at nine o'clock 10 eastern and they're letting the F-bombs fly. And, like, you hear Jonathan Price say, fuck the Americans and all this other shit. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, at this point, it's meaningless not to fucking do that shit. I mean, you know, there's so many ways to parental control. Out right. There. It's like, but oh, if you're letting your kid
3: watch, watch Taboo, that, that's on you. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you as a parent letting your kid watch Taboo?
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a shit parent. What are you doing up that late? Right. Go to bed.
3: I mean, right now, I mean, like the bit, the, yeah, and it's called taboo for a reason. I mean, there's, I mean, you know, there's, they're, they're alluding to like incest and bestiality in this fucking show. So if you're letting your fucking kids watch this show, you got problems.
4: No little so, Johnny, you need to watch SpongeBob. Go away. Dad's busy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the mom and dad are figuring like, yeah, shit, bestiality, whatever. I let this little fucker watch Beauty and the Beast last week and she's banging away on that fucking beast looking guy or whatever. So. he turns into a hunk before they bang is that is that true i don't remember it is true <laughs>
2: jesus I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't
4: i don't think they had carnal knowledge until after the spell is yeah. broken
3: yeah, yeah but he she turns
2: into a hunk and then they go at it
3: yeah but yeah. she fell in love with a, a beast man right <laughs> right
2: it's true but the fact that she's still in love with the uh the hunk version proves that it was the uh the person and not the, uh, so you know, you
3: hold on, you don't think that you don't think the beast boy made her clip tingle a little bit?
2: Maybe when he got really angry.
3: Come on, come on. There, no, there had to be, there had to be a little, little, uh, tingle action downstairs. I, I, I bet
2: so, especially like when he's like defeating the wolves and showing all that power and oh. saving her life. And
3: oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jesus, it sounded like you started to tingle. <laughs> Jesus,
3: yeah, dude, J- Jake, could you? What what happened in that scene again?
2: <laughs> you want me to describe please, you
3: please, slow
4: down. Hold on, hold on. I got to get some tissues.
2: I'll
3: be right back. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't need tissues. I like to lay in my mess afterwards and feel ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. you're
1: such a bad boy. No, man. Aww. No,
3: man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you Taboo is setting up an amazing world though. I'm telling you, man. I mean, uh the first the first 3 episodes were just uh it was a little bit slow moving and there's a lot of you're, you're getting used to all the different characters. By the time you get to episode 4, now all these characters, I think we've been introduced to all the characters and they're all being put into play. The cinematography on this show is just out of this world. It it the it, it, I don't know. I can't believe that this is on TV. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. It's, it's too good for fucking TV. Too good for TV. It really is. It really is. I mean, this is like, you know, you, you look at, you look at, um, like Game of Thrones, what it, what, what, what that did for fantasy on, on pre, like premium cable. And now, mm-hmm. now I'm looking at like what FX can do with BBC One as far as like doing a period piece. And it's, it's crazy. Like, it's a dirty world that they live in this 1814 london i mean it's it, dude it's crazy like last episode they're in a brothel and the woman that owns the brothel is shucking oysters and she's telling she's telling uh she's telling james the main character who's tom hardy she's like yeah we shuck oysters here because the smell of oysters covers up the smell of dirty sex and then Ugh. they show they show a one of these prostitutes in this brothel taking a piss in a bucket right there in a scene. I'm just like, this is on <laughs> fucking FX. Like what the hell is going on here? Does so, Frank know about this? Oh <laughs> Frank? Yeah, Frank Yeah, I'm sure he does. If somebody's pissing in a bucket, he's all he's well aware. <laughs> so um I wanted to talk about uh uh something that I This is fucked up. Uh, Santa Clarita Diet got dropped on Netflix. Yes, that that show. Yes, watched it. Did Did you watch all of it? We're on episode seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What uh, What did you think, Scott? Uh, hold okay. on, let, let me break down the synopsis here for everybody. Do it, do I it, just do it. I said Santa Clarita diet, and I'm asking you what you thought of it, and that's fucking <laughs> dumb. Hey, what'd you think about this fucking thing I haven't even described yet? I'm a shitty host. Anyway, it's about a married couple, Sheila and Joel, are real estate agents in Santa Clarita, California. The couple's lives take a dark turn after Sheila goes through a transformation, becoming a zombie who feeds on human flesh. It stars Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. Uh, it also, ironically enough, it has Lisa, uh, Palmer, um, Mary Elizabeth Ellis plays Lisa Palmer. She's the waitress from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Who's actually in real life, Charlie day's wife. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah. So basically it is drew Barrymore, uh, one day as she's showing a house, she vomits uncontrollably. And pukes up what looks to be like a small organ. And then she dies. And now she, but she's the undead. And now she has the taste for flesh. And she wants, she has to eat people to live. She can't eat anything else. Um, it's a comedy. But it is very gory. And Scott, what did you think? What did you have? What did you think? What are you thinking about the first seven episodes of the series?
4: So I'm right with it. It. If you like dark comedy, dark humor, um, mm-hmm. if you laughed your ass off at very bad things like me, mm-hmm. you will fucking love this show. I think it's fantastic. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I, I'm, I'm at a high taste on it. Yeah, uh, Timothy Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Uh, I can't stop watching simply for his performance because I'm so used to him being such a badass on Justified and Agent Forty Seven. And here he plays, you know, pretty much a, a middle-aged guy that's, you know, searching for himself. He's very much a stoner. and He doesn't want anybody to know. And and he has – he he's trying to do the right thing by his wife. But admittedly, he has that breakdown with his daughter. And they're up on the mountains. And they're like, this is so fucked up. He's just sitting there just screaming. It's so fucked up. It, it's It's really, really fantastic. But you have to get that dark humor. Like it's not in-your-face humor. It's one of those – Oh, this is pretty funny because, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if that's your style, it's great. If it's not,
3: then you're gonna fucking hate it. Doesn't uh, Timothy Olyphant? Doesn't he look like fucking like uh, like Billy Bob Thornton? Fuck Josh. Yes, DeHom- he. It's like Billy Bob Thornton. Fuck Josh DeHommel. Hm. That's It's interesting. Josh Duhamel. You remember him from Transformers? He's like the the military dude. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like Josh DeHommel and Billy Bob Thornton, just fucking... Or really buff Billy Bob Thornton, because yeah. he built. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah.
4: But high-tasted for me. Really liked it.
3: Yeah. I, uh... Th- this dropped on uh, Friday, February 3rd, and uh, I killed the whole fucking series in a day. Um, oh. I but yeah you so you're thinking to yourself oh brian you watched the whole goddamn thing you must have fucking loved it right you, oh my god you might oh it's amazing it's it's good i'm gonna give it a taste it it's it was it was a lot of fun um it's i just don't think it's as good as some of the other things that are on netflix like if you're if you're asking me like you know, like Netflix has had some great shit come out. You know, Stranger Things. You know, that shit blew my dick off. And oh, yeah. And Stranger Things is amazing. And I'm not comparing this to Stranger Things. But on the flip side, I am going to compare this to, like, you know, uh, I am going to compare it a little bit to, uh, d- uh, t- uh, what is it, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Um, oh, yeah. It's a little bit kind of like, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to explain this. This is like a uh, – it's kind of like a cW show if they were allowed to cuss and have gore it's and also like an ABC family show or something it's fucking weird the, the the comedies at times it had me laughing and at other times it's 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 i don't think it's I don't think it's brilliant I don't think it's like a brilliantly well written show i I think it's just good enough it's good enough to keep me engaged and wanting to watch it. It's just I don't think it's great. Um, it gets really fucking gory, and at times there were times where I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're they're gonna fucking like kill this person and try to eat this person. This is fucking crazy." And I'm, I'm watching Drew Barrymore like eat a guy's fucking stomach. It's kind of crazy, but I still I think it's a good series. I think that it, there's a lot of fun to be had watching it. I just don't think it's great. Um, it's a middle of the road taste it, but it was good enough for me to keep watching and and um, I will watch the second season. I just think it's like one of those things that it's fun enough to kind of like have on in the background, you know, while you're yeah. doing whatever. I, I I just don't think it's like Netflix's best thing that they've ever done. So so yeah, interesting story
4: is that I watched the first two episodes uh, yesterday. yeah, and then my wife got home from work. she was late and i suggested that we watch the show cuz we were we like similar things so we rewatched the first two episodes yeah. and i will tell you on a second watch they were better okay uh, okay maybe cuz i got it yeah uh but i agree with you it's it's clever the the way i would describe the humor is, it's very very clever and you can miss things if you're not paying attention
3: to it yeah
4: so yeah i i i can't uh i can't say enough about giving it a shot that's for sure
3: yeah. Yeah. It's it, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a detractor here. I watched no, the I, I watched the whole thing in a day, dude. And I, 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 I think it's a fun show. I, I think there's, there, there's a lot of fun to be had in this show. I just don't, if the, the stranger things, and I'm not trying to compare it with fucking stranger things, but <laughs> I'm just trying to say like Netflix has, has put out better shit than this. But this does have a place, and I do think that people should watch this. I think people should watch it. I think it's fun enough for people to watch it, and I think it's worth watching through the end. It started to get a little bit better for me, Scott, I think once they got to, like, I think it was episode four or five when they started talking about, like, why is this happening?
4: Oh, that was – yeah, that was way fun. Yeah. There's a lot of cameos in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah, there's some great cameo, yeah, and there's actually a cameo in the last episode, so stick around, for- yeah, once you get to episode 10, if you're a fan of Arrested Development, there is a cameo in, in this show, so, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> That's I, exciting. yeah, so, I, I don't know, um, I enjoyed it, I'm I'm definitely going to watch season two, it, it has enough to where I, I'm definitely invested in the show, I want to see what happens, so hopefully it'll get renewed, is there new, news on it getting renewed yet? Not that I've read, not that I've read. Yeah, it usually takes maybe a couple months, so we'll find out.
2: Yeah. I'm excited to watch this too. It, it's been a rough week for me for having time to watch it, but um this is definitely up my alley. Like I like it when you do these kind of dark comedy turns with horror genre stuff. So Yeah. I'm excited to check this out. And I you know, you it's interesting that you keep like you know, you, you don't you say it's not the best Netflix show, but that's kinda what's cool about Netflix is that they yeah. don't have like a type of show you know it's not a cw show or a fox show yeah yeah they they have so many different genres and touch so many different bases with the stuff they're doing
3: it's it jake it it really is different i think uh, netflix what's so cool about netflix is that you can watch a show like the ranch which has you know uh ashton kutcher and and sam elliott and And you can watch that show, and all of a sudden, like Sam, it's like it's like a a classic sitcom. It looks like a sitcom that, like Big Bang Theory, it has that same feel, that look of like all these other bullshit sitcoms that you'll watch on like network TV. But all of a sudden, Sam Elliott drops an f bomb, and you're just like, "Whoa! This is not like a this. I'm not watching fucking uh, Kevin James in King of Queens, you know." Like one I didn't hear Ken James dropping the F bomb in that fucking bullshit show, but you hear it like a Netflix show. They can kind of do whatever they want to. Like, you know, it's a little loose with the Netflix yeah, stuff.
2: It, it kind of gets you every time. I don't think yeah. there's a Netflix series I've watched where within the first episode, I'm not, I'm like, Whoa, this yeah. is different in yeah. some aspect or another.
3: Yeah. Drew Barrymore is okay in this ep- series. I mean, she's all right. She's not fantastic. Um, I've seen her be a lot more charming in other things, uh, but Timothy Oliphant, like like Scott said, I thought he was fantastic in this. Um, he's, he's great. He's really good, and um, he just has that stoner look, and you yeah. can
4: see through his eyes in the back of his head, him screaming, "What the fuck is going on?" I right. mean, in every episode, he's got that look. He's looking right through whatever's going on. Yeah, and it's just brilliantly played. He plays it so well. Mm.
3: What are they, I mean, what are are they going to do with this, Scott? We go into season two, we go into season two, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but, like, as I'm watching the show, like, some of the things, like, that they did were kind of predictable for me, and that's kind of, like, what dropped me down. Like, in the first episode, you know, they they talk about her at the beginning. She's not impulsive. She's not bold. She's not this. She's not that. She doesn't go out for, like, girls' night, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so by the end of this episode or by the end of the next episode, she's going to go out for girls' night. She's going to do all these things that she's not doing. I'm like, I'm already putting it together, Like. And so now I'm wondering, like, what are they going to do in season two? Are we going to get – are we going to find out that there are other zombies that are already living in the world? That she's going to meet this – she's going to be introduced to this whole other world of zombies? Like, where are they going to go? Or is it all about figuring out, like, what the cure is for these zombies? Um So I just – I want to kind of, like, want to know where it's going to. It's it's a fun show. I think everybody should watch it. So it's just just not the best thing I've ever fucking seen. So – I don't know.
2: That's some that's some high low praise from both of you.
3: It's really weird, Jake. It really it's it is. I, I don't. I, I I can't. I can't say don't watch it, but I can't say like, oh my god, this this show reinvented the wheel, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen in season two. It's just it's it's just it's it's it's, it's a good show. It's a fun show.
4: Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. enough is fun. Yeah. Well, it's still better than uh, a lot of shows. So,
3: there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. It's uh, it sounds better than powerless. Um <laughs> way better than powerless. <laughs>
2: we like we like quickly tried to talk about something else as fast as possible. You know that
3: powerless review. <laughs> you know what powerless? You know what they could add to that show to make it like twice as good? Just long, thin microphones each character holds one of those yeah oh my god Uh, yeah
2: each character should have a little bit of a different sized one too
3: oh man yeah i'm telling you variety is the spice of life isn't it jake jesus (laughs) all right okay guys i I don't know about you but i'm i gotta take a break after that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we'll be we'll be we'll be back in five to six minutes uh, just we'll be back however long it takes me so
2: yeah, sounds good.
3: It's like a break. I'm sorry. It's getting all weird.
2: <laughs> yeah. Are you going to leave the puddle, the whole episode on you?
3: Uh, out of sh- yes, yes. It's my <laughs> it's my dirty shame.
2: <laughs> oh. We're podcasting you now. I get it when you want to fall asleep with the shame.
3: But... I, yeah,
4: yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's the next day you got to worry about.
3: Yeah. 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 All right. We'll be right back. Are back. And guys, it is time for the pop culture leftovers news.
0: Hey,
3: guess what, Jake? Guess what, Scott? What's what? up? Gangsters fuck news. It's going to be crawling straight in your goddamn dick hole right now. You guys ready? Woo-hoo. Yeah, shit. All right, guys. We got an official announcement from Michael Bay. Uh Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is holding my breath, holding your breath. Wh-
2: what childhood property is he planning on raping next? <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, wow. 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 Oh my god! If, if 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 only they would give him creative control of the Gobots. <laughs>
2: oh, that would be fucking crazy. No, guys, that
3: would this the world. I'm I'm talking about. Like, like This is official announcement from Michael Bay. This is straight from MichaelBay.com. Now, how many times in a week do you guys frequent MichaelBay.com? I can tell you myself. I'm I'm at least there 17 times a week. I'm about five a year. Five, five, five a year. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been. I'm All right. Terribly sorry. Yeah, I was you. being one hundred percent sarcastic. I've never visited michaelbay. dot com until today, and when I went there today, he has this announcement, and he's talking about what he has done for Transformers. And let me go ahead, and I'm going to read some of this. He says, I've been living in this franchise for over 10 years now. For Transformers, the last night. Now, this is the fifth movie in the franchise, guys. Yes. He, he goes on to say, for Transformers, the last night, we put together a writer's room designed to greatly expand our mythology, integrating our films in a whole new way. Every movie will interlink. Um Jake. <laughs> Didn't we hear this before? I thought we heard this before. <laughs> well, hold on. Oh, this
2: movie sounds awesome,
3: Jake. How much more could they expand the mythology?
2: Oh man, it's going to be so convoluted. <laughs> tie together all five McGuffins will be tied together into one giant McGuffin.
3: We <laughs> uh, should have called this movie the Last McGuffin. Uh, mega McGuffin. Uh let's see here. Um he says he goes on to say uh through the summer of twenty fifteen, he's talking about the writer's room. They worked in a huge space on the Paramount lot, surrounded by over ten thousand concept images from the franchise's history, the movies, cartoons, and comic books. They had a life size bumblebee, a megatron head, and many other props staring them down. We pulled from everything. It was a fan's dream room. We brought in Transformers historians from Hasbro to educate them on where Transformers has been so that they could figure out where it can go. I can safely say that there's never been a Transformers film with the huge visual scope and expansive mythology as this movie the last night. Guys, I'm going to stop right here. There's a little bit more. Wow. There's one more thing that I'm going to touch upon. But the way the wordage that he's using here. He's saying things like we brought in transformers historians from Hasbro to educate them on the transformers, on where transformers have been and where it can go. He also says he also says I can safely say that there's never been a transformers film with the huge visual scope and expansive mythology as this movie is he talking about? Is he talking about Unicron? Is he talking about Unicron? Is it are are we finally getting Unicron in this film? Is that what he's talking about? The the huge visual scope.
2: He's probably he's got a giant hard on for his IMAX cameras. I'm sure that's probably all he's talking about.
4: Well, I we doubt that we get yeah. Unicron though.
3: Well, I mean, you guys saw in the last trailer, it looked like there was a planet, and it looked like a robotic kind of planet, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I I do think we'll see Unicron in this, but I'm not even making a joke. He's such a big proponent of his 3D IMAX cameras, and I believe this movie is setting some kind of, like,
3: record no you're you know, right
2: the first movie completely shot in three D IMAX
3: No 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 they 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 basically they've recorded as much IMAX three D as possible in this one is what yeah. I've been hearing. Like I don't know if you can I mean I don't know if you could do like an entire entire like two hour plus movie in IMAX three D. I don't is it possible, Jake? I, I, I swear that's what they did with this movie. I, I
2: thought it was the first movie that was entirely shot in okay. IMAX three D
3: okay. Yeah, because, like, I mean, like, when you're watching, like, the Dark Knight in theaters or the Dark Knight Rises, you know when you're getting those IMAX scenes. Like, you can actually see the screen. If you're watching, if you're paying attention, you can see the screen change. You know, right?
2: Yeah, it's even more apparent if you watch, like, the Blu-ray releases of Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Like, it actually gets wider during, like, the big three, four
3: key moments. Absolutely, absolutely. Scott, like... Are, so you're, are you, on, you're on? I think we're all on the same page that we're that he's he's got to go out with Unicron. Like people have been talking about this for since since movie one, Unicron. Yeah,
2: yeah. my takeaway from this is, oh, go ahead, Scott. Sorry. No,
4: no, no, no. I, I you're real excited about it, and I, I as, as as excited as I can be for Unicron because I want to see Unicron. Yeah, sure. Everything else is so fucked up. With the whole series that <laughs> I can't even get excited about it. So Bay's even talking about ooh the mythology and ooh this and ooh that. Dude, he doesn't even have the basic fucking story right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. There's no, no, no. no. There's no. There's no power struggle with fucking Starscream. Where is Starscream this entire series? Because to me, that's that's like a foundational story yeah. for all of Transformers. Is that. Power struggle uh, with Starscream trying to be a leader, and then you know who is he in the whole Julius Caesar stuff that he does. That that is great, and it's just oh, yeah.
2: Starscream's the best character in, in the animated universe.
3: No Absolutely, sure. He's yeah.
4: totally awesome, and it's gone. So you know what? You have given me nothing but noise for four fucking pictures, <laughs> and now you're gonna do put noise around a big Unicron. Yeah. do it because you know what? They're, they're gonna fuck it up. Go throw it up on screen. I'll watch it. It'll be an IMAX 3D. Um, I'll be impressed. I'll have some popcorn. I'll go home and I'll forget about it an hour later.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Try doing an hour long podcast about it. Holy shit.
3: Let me finish the rest <laughs> of this. Maybe this is good news. I don't know. He All
2: said, I, I, I want to say one more thing real go quick. For it, I find it very fascinating that during that whole like speech, he's very much about open ended setting up. Like there's no mention of closure or wrapping up so much. Like he seems very eager to let you know that even though he's leaving that this is gonna open up like a whole new, you know.
3: I haven't even I haven't even gotten to the part where he's talked about leaving yet. Oh,
2: yeah, I know. That, I it, That's where I think of it, though. Sorry
3: that. No, that's fine. That's where I'm going. He says it's bittersweet. Uh, He says I can safely say that there's never been a transform blah, blah, blah. Here we go. It's bittersweet for me with every Transformers film. I've said it would be my last. I see the 120 million fans around the world who see these movies, the huge theme park lines to the ride and the amazing Make-A-Wish kids who visit my sets and it somehow keeps drawing me back. I love doing these movies. This film was especially fun to shoot, but this time might really be it. So I'm blowing this one out. It's a final chapter and a new beginning. Uh, here's the writer's log line. The last night shatters the core myths of the Transformers fa- franchise and redefines what it means to be a hero. Humans and Transformers are at war. Optimus Prime is gone. The key to saving our future lies buried in the secrets of the past. In the hidden history of Transformers on Earth? Isn't that always the way? Saving our world falls upon shoulders of an unlikely alliance. Cade Yeager, Mark Wahlberg, Bumblebee, and <laughs> en- an English lord, Sir Anthony Hopkins, and an Oxford professor, Laura Haddock. There comes a moment in everyone's life when we are called upon to make a difference. Uh, in Transformers The Last Night, the hunted will become heroes. Heroes will become villains. Only one world will survive. Theirs <laughs> or ours. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jake is ready. Jake is ready. Dude, the
2: The stuff about the hidden history on Earth stuff, about the Transformer history or whatever, yeah. that's going to be the real comedy goldmine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Whatever they discover.
4: jake will it be funnier than devastators balls that's
2: what i want to i don't know i don't know i like i like the more subtle humor that transformers provides
4: (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying it's clever like um that netflix show
2: yeah. Yes, I haven't seen it, so I can't
3: no, barely make Jake, it. Jake, you're absolutely right. Like when Transformers, like when Michael Bay and the writer's room think they're being smart, but we actually know that it's just stupid.
2: Yes, yes, that is exactly the
3: type of Yes. When, they inter- when, when they're
2: actually trying to be yes. funny, that's always failing.
3: When they're Yes, when they're trying to be funny, their <laughs> robots come off as racist. Um,
2: yes, and- especially in movie two.
3: Oh, yes. Oh, but so awful. But when they're trying to introduce, like, new mythology and lore and, you know, okay, here, you know, the last night and all these other things, that's actually what's ridiculous and funny and stupid. So I'm with you, Jake. I'm to- totally with you.
2: <laughs> Scott, 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 can you name all five Transformers movies?
3: No. <laughs>
4: Wait, okay. Uh, Transformers 1. Transformers. Transformers, Transformers, Transformers right, Dark right, Side right, of the was,
3: Moon. Was that number two or was that number three? <laughs> it was Transformers. Transformers Dark Side of the Moon. It, Transformers right? uh, 3 was trans- – uh, well, Okay, 4 <laughs> Four was Age of Extinction. Right. I go, remember that. Trans it's a
2: real generic
3: one. Transformers 3 – was I, I keep the what Death of Shia LaBeouf? Was that what it was called? No, no, no. Actually, you know what?
4: Shia LaBeouf. Um, this will make you sleep because uh, like the last hour
3: was. Oh my
2: god! Well, the third one was Dark Side of the Moon. I'll correct you now.
3: Third on one was Dark that. Side of the Moon. So the That's second one, thought. second one was Transformers. Shit. <laughs> well, yeah, it was Transformers. Uh, shit.
4: Transformers, the franchise goes to die.
2: It's the Revenge of the Fallen. Oh, oh, the, right? oh. Which, oh! Which means nothing now.
3: No, no, no. no. The, do, 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 the, the, the Fallen got the revenge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's like the fucking Empire Strikes Back of the Transformers saga <laughs> right there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, man, all right. Hey, guys, let's move on. Fuck the Transformers. He's finally saying – like, guys, I remember, like, uh Michael Bay, uh Transformers 2 came out. Michael Bay said he's done, and he comes back. He does three. After three, he says he's done. He comes back. He does four. Then he does five. I mean, so finally he's saying he's leaving. Um, I know we're going get- to be getting, like, a Bumblebee spin-off film and all – Oh man, guys. I I don't. I don't I
2: can't believe this motherfucking guy. Like he was super serious about it last time. Too. Yeah. I know he said it every yeah. time. Yeah. But after Age of Extinction it was like he tried to be super serious about it.
3: Right. Yeah. And
2: now it's like, okay, whatever guy.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: I'm still with Brian, your idea. Let's just reboot the whole fucking
3: thing and throw it in the 80s. S- right? S- Scott, I- I'm, I'm with you. Why would they do that? Why though? would they because do that? Because it would make sense. No, it doesn't, right? it Scott. Doesn't. It, doesn't. it doesn't. makes lots of money. <laughs> These movies make a lot of money, man. And it's not like they're just making money internationally either, which they are. They're making a shit fuck ton of money domestically, which doesn't say a lot about the people that live here in America. Like,
2: oh, kids, kids love them too, like listen yeah. to Bay talking about doing the Make-A-Wish yes.
3: Stuff and everything. Yes. Yes. Like this is not, like, like these movies are not pandering to like Star Wars hardcore fans. These movies are pandering to everybody, just like your average moviegoer. It's just fucking bullshit popcorn. Like, oh hey, uh do you guys want to see a spectacle? Oh, let's go watch the new Transformers movie. There's big gigantic robots and they're fucking each other up and shit. And like Yeah, pe-
2: and an act and an actor we recognize.
3: But what's <laughs> fucked up though is like people they like people will fucking flock in droves to go see these goddamn Star Wars these uh Transformers movies, excuse me. But they won't fucking go to see Pacific Rim. We can barely get anybody to go see Pacific Rim. That movie can barely fucking break even in the in, in, domestically jake
2: yeah 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 what's the fucking difference I, I guess it is just the with the transformers you're bringing in everyone of every age and every gender
3: well, trans- everyone, you know well transformers number one it, it does have uh d- does everybody d- does everybody hate michael bay or is it just or is it just like diehard fanboys yeah I don't, I don't know it's like it's
2: like when someone when everyone seems to hate a musician but somehow they're the number one musician yeah,
3: well, Justin Bieber. It's like, like yeah, how yeah, the uh, fuck does yeah. this guy even fucking make a living? Like, Justin Bieber was, like, in Brazil, and he fucking punches an underage fan in the face, yet the fucking—the asshole's still making millions of dollars. Like, I don't get it.
2: Exactly, exactly. We it's are kind of glutton the same thing. for
3: punishment. It's like, you don't—find me the
2: person that's like, oh, the Transformers franchise is the ultimate fucking core mythology. You yeah. Know, that's got all the fucking statues— because they right. make that shit like someone's yeah. buying those fucking bumblebee fucking hot toys and
3: shit. Sure, yeah, no, uh, you're absolutely right. Like, like, like that's the big push though, Jake. Is like, okay, we've got to introduce more characters. We got to change the design of these characters because Hasbro wants to sell more of these toys, right? Yeah. So that th- that's why they. I don't know, man.
2: I I, I really. It's, it's just crazy, it, but it's like, where are these people? Where are these? You know. You see, like, Transformers, Entertainment Weekly will post Transformers news, and it's nothing but, it's like 500 comments of fucking hate. Yeah, what, what, well,
3: talk to me about fucking Avatar then.
2: Like, why is no, Avatar... No, don't even get me started. I think the whole... I think the Avatar thing is a fucking conspiracy. I don't even believe it. <laughs>
4: I'll
2: believe it when I see it. I just want it to go and die. I don't even... I don't even trust the Avatar numbers. It makes me question everything.
3: Well, it's... No, it's... It's, it's the... It, hold on. It's the 3D upcharge at the time. Yeah. It's also... It's got to be... it's It's got to be the international audience, too, Jake, because Star Wars The Force Awakens is the number one movie ever... In the US, as far as domestic box office numbers, Star Wars The Force Awakens did over a billion fucking dollars in the US alone. Avatar did not do that fucking shit. You know what? It's like, it's like, uh, but, but, but over like in, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about like in Japan and all, and all these other countries, they fucking, it, it dominated. Avatar fucking dominated, dude. Yeah, I just—I don't get it. The shit was, like,
2: three and a half hours long. Yeah. And so, like, for every two times you're playing it, you're playing Force Awakens three times. Well, who the fuck yeah. is going to an Avatar convention, dude? That's what I'm saying. Who's—if you go to C2E2, like, you point out how many fucking Na'vi folk we fucking see.
3: None. Zero. The
2: will we fucking zero.
3: Zero, bro. I mean, seriously, dude. Like, I'm seeing, like—I'm seeing, like, 20 fucking Deadpools. I'm not seeing any fucking Na'vi running around this bitch.
2: Shit, I was seeing twenty fucking Deadpools the year Avatar came out.
3: Yeah, you're right.
2: But, you know,
4: at the time though, it was a really unique theater experience and I think a lot of people went for second and third viewings yeah. just to get the coolness factor on yeah. Wow. And everybody saw that movie in three D. Nobody paid two D prices for that movie. It's not good enough. It's not. It's really I've never not. been
2: so fucking pissed off in a the theater in my life.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I went I went out and complained. It's the only time I complained to the box office. And they gave me my money back.
3: Jake, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me throw this out there. We're gonna jump into more news. But what, (laughs) hold on, like what if, what if, like, and I know you think I'm, you're gonna think I'm fucking crazy here, but like what if fucking like Avatar 2 does, I'm not gonna say it's, uh, it's not gonna do Avatar 1 numbers, but let's say like what, do you think the Avatar, do you think that Avatar 2 Mm -hmm. can do big numbers? Do you think that Avatar no. two is going to do? B- I think you're crazy, man. I do. I think. I think, think you're, I think you're f- underestimating James Cameron. No,
2: I I think it's going to be a giant
3: fucking flop. I don't. I, I think. I think. I think you're underestimating. I think you're underestimating James Cameron. I think you're. I think you're overestimating people's intelligence. <laughs> I do. I really do, Jake. I really do. I think, I think that this thing, I'm not trying. I think it's, it's, it's
2: going to be the Transformers effect.
3: Yes, I, I honestly do. I think that people are going to go see this fucking movie. I think that they're going to, they're going to take their kids. And I think, I think America's going to go fucking, I don't know. I don't know. They're going to go fucking A.
2: Avatar yeah. 2 is going to be, is probably the most I'm ever going to regret doing a podcast where I have to watch pop, popular movies.
3: Yeah. I like, hear you. More
2: than anything.
3: There's no other movie I could think of that I'm going to be more
2: pissed about seeing than Avatar.
3: I'll be okay. Like I thought the theater experience was amazing, but it's honestly like once I once I watched it at home, it was style over substance. And I I, I know that I'm not stupid. I'm not oblivious to that. Um, I have I have defended Avatar for what it is and it. Is a gimmick. It really is. I honestly don't feel like there's much of a difference, and Jake, you can argue with me about this. I don't think that there's a huge difference between Avatar and the Star Wars prequels. (laughs) I don't. They're kind of like – the same for me because like Star Wars prequels was really it was like Lucas like like um, flexing his CGI technology and I feel like yeah
2: but the difference for me is at least the Star Wars prequels has like shit and themes I'm going in already caring about
3: I I yeah I I, I get it I get it I know I mean like of course I mean
2: it's got a John Williams new Star Wars music like the Avatar doesn't have that like I know a bar of Avatar music I know. But,
4: but do you guys remember right after that movie came out that there was like a Naboo syndrome where people were like, Oh, I want to be on this planet and it's going to be so much nicer than earth. And mm-hmm. that was like a fucking real thing, real thing. People were going and paying money into shrinks about that. And Brian, I think you're right. I think get, <laughs> get family- out of here,
2: get out of here with the Naboo syndrome. It
4: was true. People were going <laughs> and I'll go look it up uh, on a break, but it's true. People were paying money and, uh, and talking about how that experience changed their life, now yeah, they wish they yeah. were blue monkeys and uh, could stick their tails in each other and stuff like that. <laughs> oh,
2: oh, you're saying the wrong planet. You're saying
4: that's. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, not Naboo. What? What? what what's the name of the? <laughs>
2: that's planet? why I'm like, get the fuck
4: out of here. No one See, that's was, how memorable what, this movie is. I, I forgot no the name of the planet. Money. It was uh, to
3: be a fucking gungan. Was it Pangea? or? Uh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Pandora. 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 That's it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The only
2: place with the unob- unobtainium.
3: Yeah, <laughs> guys, let's uh, move on. You know, fuck it. Oh, thank I, you. I, we started talking about started talking about transformers, and it went to Avatar. But like, I, I, I love I, Avatar. Bashy, Jake, I, I I don't think that Avatar two is going to do the numbers of Avatar one but i'm not it's not going to bomb it is going to make money hand over fist i promise you it's going to fucking it's going to kill internationally and it's going to do damn well domestically i can promise you that man you're you're putting you're putting too much faith too much stock in into people's intelligence people are, people are i hate
2: you shut up <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right,
4: fair enough, guys. Let's move what on. What you Hope for and what you get maybe two very different things. It's true. I get
2: you. It's not like it's not like I don't get that. Yeah, is,
3: yeah. yeah, No, no, no. Yes. It, Scott, was, Scott, you were right. You you compared this to Transformers. Or was it you, Jake, that said this? I, I did. Yeah, I did, Jake, yeah. you're absolutely right, guys. Let's move on. I got some news here from Variety. Variety says that James Madigan has been hired to direct the hybrid live action animation version of guess what guys the rats of nim no nice. yes why uh scott come on We let's talk about this okay let me break this down and we're going to talk about it daniel bobker and aaron krueger are producing with michael berg penning the script uh cassidy lang and john glickman are overseeing at mgm uh just so you guys know michael berg who's penning the script he is the uh guy who's behind every Uh, Ice Age film. He's written every Ice Age script. Uh, Okay. The film will mark – this film will mark Madigan's directorial debut. Uh, The movie is based on the successful Newbery medal-winning series – by author Robert C. O'Brien. The book was previously made into the 1982 motion picture, The Secret of Nim*. I'm sure all of us here on the podcast have seen this movie in one capacity or another. I've seen it multiple times. I grew up with this movie. The Don Bluth animation is amazing. it's uh, awesome. I haven't seen it in forever. Is this a movie
2: that you can get on Blu-ray?
3: I don't know if it's a movie you can get on Blu-ray, but I have seen it recently. I can't remember like how I watched it, but I did watch it recently.
2: Was it in high def? Yes. Oh, man. I'd love to see this shit in high def. Uh,
3: the pick became a cult hit and featured the voices of Dom DeLuise, Shannon Doherty, and Will Wheaton. The story revolves around a group of rescued lab rats that are recruited to save a rodent family. Um, Just a little background on uh, Madigan, James Madigan. He comes from a VFX supervisor background, working in TV and features and and transition to second unit director. Uh, He recently wrapped directing uh, the second on upcoming Jason Statham action thriller Meg. His most notable VFX work includes Iron Man 2, The Da Vinci Code, and HBO's Rome, for which he won an Emmy and two Visual Effects Society Awards. So, um, guys, I want to talk about this. I know that um, I'm a huge fan of The Secret of Nim. I love this story. We've seen a resurgence of, I, I think basically what's kind of happening here is that MGM is kind of seeing like what Disney is doing with some of their properties with the Jungle Book, uh, the Beauty and the Beast, and some of the hype behind some of those properties and they're thinking to themselves, okay, we can do a live action version of The Secret of Nim, and this could be like the next big thing. Scott, it kind of sounds like you think like leave it, man. This is blasphemy. You can't fucking do this. Talk to me.
4: I just don't know if it'll work. See, the nice thing about The Jungle Book is that there's still – you still got that human character thread and I think that helps that movie work. Um, and you've got a multitude of different characters that are all different animals, right? So they've got the monkeys and I've got the bear and all that good stuff in, in the jungle book. But with the rats of Nim, we've got mice and rats and, and that's it, right? So I think to, and by the way, I'm with you. I love, I love the secret of Nim. Yeah. And just the way, the way that it's, you know, drawn visually and you know how it made me feel was just fantastic but there's very little human element in that world and i just don't know if it'll translate well with you know 3d or cg mice running around talking i i just don't know if it works and perhaps it's just me and my sentimentality around the original animated film where i'm like just leave it the fuck alone i don't want you to touch it but then i could be wrong you guys had you know, Jungle Book turned out to be great, and I, and I love that movie. And yet, I can still have an appreciation for the original animated one. I, I just don't know if it works in this scenario. That's my gut, and that's why I said no. Just leave it alone.
3: Jay, yeah, talk to I me. Think,
2: I think I am actually kind of excited about this, and I, I think in a way it kind of works because from what I've read about this, it's not like a remake of The Secret of Nim. What they kind of want to do is delve into like the flashback sequence from the original. You know what I'm talking about? when they're getting the injections and just right. like them them becoming smart and whatnot and so like the the plot is there like we don't really know like the whole story of like how the rats became like hyper intelligent and whatnot so that's kind of an interesting play on it but on the other hand i kind of i do side with scott a little bit like this movie has the legacy of being like the cartoon that scared the shit out of me when i was like 6 years old you know, so it's like, uh, I don't know. And then it's written by the guy that does the
3: Ice Age movies. Yeah, but no, hey, hey, stop right there. Hold on. The first Ice Age movie was really fucking good. Am I right? It was OK. I thought it was fantastic. I love the first Ice Age movie. I feel like by the time he done six of them, where the fuck can you really go with it? I mean, I feel sorry for this guy still writing this bullshit. You know yeah. why they're continuing with the Ice Age movies, right?
4: Why? Because they make a shit ton um, internationally. Nobody sees this shit here, but in Korea and yeah. in China, they just think it's the funniest stuff ever. Right. So it's not made for us anymore.
2: It gets big numbers here still, too.
4: It gets okay numbers here.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm actually I, i'm i'm tentative on this. I'm I'm gonna freeze it. I think because mm-hmm. I think it could be it could be good, and I think it's a franchise that. It's only one movie. Like, it's not this, like, huge mythology that they're going to be coming in and mucking with. I, I think it, it's ripe mm-hmm. to be explored.
3: This could either be, like, I mean, like, this could, this could, I don't know. This, I, I don't feel like, when I get, when I hear this news, I don't feel like it's going to be like, um, like we're going to get, like, uh, Colin Farrell redoing Total Recall or, like, the, or like the the reboot of RoboCop with uh, Joel, whatever the fuck his name was. Um, I feel like this could. I feel like this could be really good. Like I feel like it could be like the next Planet of the Apes reboot. Which every if you asked me, like, oh, you know, yeah, Tim Burton tried it and he failed, in my opinion. And you know, but we've we've seen like what Matt Reeves has done with this, and and uh, those last these last few you know films these planet of the apes movies have been fantastic and like oh, the amazing. the jungle book movie was just just amazing and i'm sure this beauty beauty and the beast movie is going to be really well uh it's, it's going to be done really well so i feel like there's a good story here with um with the rats of Nim, I feel like you know with the with the original source material. I think there's a really good story here, and I'm hoping that they don't fuck it up. I, I feel like I feel like there's something here that they could really do something good with.
2: Yeah, it sounds really. I yeah. completely agree with you. I, yeah. I think. I think it's there. Like there there's something there. Yes. And this could be really fucking sweet.
3: No but, but Scott's right. I mean like it, it also could it could go the way of one of these remakes that are just absolute garbage. But I feel like it I feel like there's a there's a story that they could do live action with CGI that could that could be really good. I, I, I do. And I, and
2: I think it's yeah. very interesting that it's not really going the remake route.
3: Right. 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 It's the
2: franchise, but it's definitely not a remake.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, you're, so, so you're basically, it's not like the Don Bluth secret of Nim. They're going a completely different direction with it, is what you're hearing?
2: Yeah, MGM is describing it as um, an imperiled mouse protagonist who befriends a comical crew of lab rats as they turn hyper-intelligent.
3: Hmm. Now I don't MGM like it. MGM is
2: apparently looking to turn Nim into a franchise. I don't know so if I... Fans of Good old fashioned nightmare fuel might want to pitch their expectations more towards wacky antics and less towards Machiavellian murder rats. Uh,
3: I don't. AV, this not, is from an AV Club article. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of siding with Scott now because, like, that's what I loved about the Secret of Nim was like the dark take on it.
2: Yeah, um, I know. Well, I was saying the same thing. It's. It's. It'll forever be that movie that scared the shit out of me when I was a little kid. Yeah. So it'll be interesting if, if they they try to do any of that level of drama or if it's just purely ice age with rats.
3: Oh God. If it's ice age with rats, I'm fuck. I mean, if like, if we get like a live action fucking version of Smurfs where it's fucking like, or like Alvin and the chipmunks with Jason Lee running around yelling at fucking CGI chipmunks. Fuck this movie. I mean, I mean, fuck it. Seriously. Fuck that shit. Well, I don't then want what that. Your
2: very well what you're getting.
4: That's gonna get a live action watership down next? Is that, you know, rabbits and shit like that?
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I feel like that's different though. That's like, I don't know. They could do that, but just like Secret of Nim, they would name it something else and then they would make it cutesy.
3: I'm, I'm, fuck it. Fuck this movie. Like Jake, like I, going into this, I was thinking, I didn't, I didn't know how they were gonna attack this and you're telling me that they're gonna, they're going to add a little bit more levity and make it a little bit more fun. This is just going to be goofy fucking Hollywood bullshit.
2: Yeah. I mean Fuck that's kind of what I – I've read a little, like a little bit about this. Yeah. MGM has been pushing it around for a little while now.
3: Fuck this. I, I'm, it's going to be garbage. I toss it. <laughs> I, I'm not freezing it. I'm tossing this fucking shit out of the goddamn gate.
2: Yeah, I'll still freeze it. I, I think it's an interesting franchise to try to mine for this kind of thing. I kind of want to see what happens.
4: Yeah, but not for humor. I'm sorry. If they're going to go yeah. – I'm with Brian. Yeah. If they're going to go down the humor route, yeah. then go and do something else. How about yeah. a – hey, here's an idea. Uh, new IP, right? Create a new IP. That would be kind of nice.
2: Yeah, why oh, do wait. they have to be the NIM lab rats? I guess, I guess
3: maybe it only has the uh, – weight of them what happens to him later oh, shit this is this might as well be the fucking emoji movie with fucking uh oh, you, know, you know what i mean can't wait <laughs> i don't know with patrick stewart as poop exactly i don't know yeah. All right, guys. I, 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 I when, uh, see. I thought that they were going to take the fucking source material seriously. <laughs> I thought that they were going to fucking pull from the Don Bluth film and and, and give yeah. it that same fucking f- just like Jake. I mean, like I, I've seen what they could do. I, I've seen what they could do with the Jungle Book. And th- yeah,
2: yeah. I'm sorry to rain on your parade. I just
3: no. This well, just well, sounds absolutely. like this just sounds like they're they're trying to get a few laughs and make a quick buck, and it's bullshit. Yeah. Cause I I love that fuck I love the 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 secret of Nim it's a fantastic movie it's so good it's one of those movies I grew up on as a as a kid my my aunt had it on uh, Betamax or whatever the hell and we would oh yeah I would watch it constantly over at my aunt's house I, I loved that movie that and I <laughs> I watched that and Wind of the Willows all the time
2: oh man. Yeah. I loved all that Don Bluth stuff as a kid. Me I was, too. you know, The American Tale and all yeah, that.
3: Yeah, American Tale. I I the even Lord of
2: the Ring stuff.
3: I <laughs> bought uh years ago. They came out with uh the Don Bluth uh the games, Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair 2 and Space yes. Ace. You could buy them on DVD. Stuff. And I bought them on DVD and you can play them just like you could play the arcade games at home. And 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 they're beautiful games, man. And, oh, they are. Ugh, the animations just amazing. Um, Moving on, guys, Making a Murder. Scott, did you watch Making a Murder on Netflix? I sure did. Making a Murder, the Netflix docu-series that tells a story about Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey, is getting a second season, according to an interview with Netflix spokespeople that uh, they had with USA Today. Uh, Making a Murder, season one, tells the story of Stephen Avery being convicted for a murder many people feel he did not commit. It's rumored to be released... Uh, season 2 is rumored to be released towards the end of 2017, but nothing is confirmed. It's not even confirmed if Season 2 is going to deal with Avery and Dassey. I have to believe that it's got to be – I mean, there's there's tons of new developments to the original story of Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey. So I, do you
4: have an entire season of stories? That's my
3: question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the meantime, I mean, Brendan uh, – what is it? Stephen Avery – he had a relationship with a woman, and I guess he found out that she was just using him for, you know, his his public spotlight, and to so she could kind of get some fandom, some some uh, she was trying to be famous. And then, you know, Brendan Dassey, did he get released? I mean, I know he was supposed to be released, or. or, or Somebody's googling. Good good man, holy fucking shit, man.
2: Man, some heavy hands.
3: That's fucking awesome. Like like I can like oh my god, like I say something uh like I say jump and, and Jake is Jake does not say how high. Frank doesn't say how high. I say jump and fucking Scott Shooty's like all over Google.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. I think I think Brendan Dassey's still in prison. I don't think they were supposed to release him and something happened. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, I know you are. I think everybody that fucking listening knows you are. I heard you clicking clacking like a motherfucker. I know. Wow. Yeah, oh my god, with authority he was fucking typing. I have to go to a
4: Yeah, I get a new keyboard every
3: 2 months or so. <laughs> I, mean, I, I heard. Jesus. Oh my god, it was like, Jesus, I if that uh if that keyboard was Rihanna, you were Chris Brown, Jesus Christ. <laughs> man. He's going to have Instagram
2: (laughs) videos
0: about you now this week. I think
4: he's still in jail. Yeah,
3: I think he's still Brandon
4: will continue to serve his life sentence with parole opportunities beginning in 2048.
3: Yeah. They, uh, they talked about him being released recently, but um, I guess that didn't happen. So I'm, I'm hoping that season two deals with uh, Stephen Avery. I know he's got a new attorney. Um, He had two attorneys, in the first season, uh, and now he's got a new female attorney that, she, and she's actually released tons of people that have, you know, that were supposed to be serving life sentences, and uh, he's got a new attorney. So it'll be interesting, dude. I I loved season one. I thought it was just a fascinating story. What do you think? What do you think, Scott? I mean, like, like, do you think? Do you think he's innocent? Do you think he's innocent? I don't think that as the evidence
4: is presented to us in that series. Yeah. I don't believe that Stephen Avery committed the crime as was laid out by the prosecution. Yeah. No way, absolutely not. There's there would have been blood on the walls, there would have been blood on the mat and he's he's yeah. not very bright. Yeah. Right? Yeah. no, so the,
3: you're right. You're absolutely right. It, there, so, so there's a, there's a reasonable doubt, correct?
4: Yeah, I think yeah. there's reasonable doubt. I but do too. that being said, I, I don't trust him as a person who couldn't have done it. Right. Right. So there's a lot of stories about him, yeah. um, you know, kind of stalking. Um, what was her name? What was the victim's name?
3: Oh, I, I, I can't remember her name. But you're right. I mean, like, honestly, I, I, I feel like you can't put a man in prison for life if there's still reasonable doubt. And I feel like there is reasonable doubt here. I agree. Yeah. But
4: they got to find some new evidence though. Sure. You
3: know? Sure. It's, it's, it's just fucked up. I, I just, I don't know. There. I just feel awful about putting a man in prison for the rest of his life. If there's still reasonable doubt. Oh, well we'll keep you. We'll keep you here. <laughs> just because we don't, we don't just know. Okay. Just in case, just in case, hopefully nobody else gets murdered in the town. I don't know. It's just it's a horrible thing. I wish that uh I I wish that the the investigation would have been handled differently. It should not have been handled by the same police department that put him away the first time. I mean, it should have been handled by an outside by outside investigators. Um there's just a lot of things that um that went wrong in this investigation and um I don't know. I I'm hoping that season two deals with with the original case because I I, I want to know more about this. I want to know if they have more more so, evidence or something. So
4: I, I do have an update, so we don't get the correction Tuesday, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah No, Brendan Dassey actually last August um, conviction was overturned. So okay. there you go. Google gave me the wrong information at the top. I should have done that. Mm. Yeah.
3: Brendan Dassey. All right. Cool. Let's move on here, guys. Director Antoine Fuqua has left the Scarface reboot. Oh. So Mm. that was a big – There
2: goes goes any hope of it being good.
3: Well, hold on. Okay. So they lost the director, which was Antoine Fuqua, which is like – that's a great pickup. I mean, Antoine Fuqua, he did uh, Training Day. He did Southpaw uh you know the magnificent seven he did the equalizer big time director uh he's just too busy apparently with upcoming films like uh he's doing the equalizer sequel so he is actually he's the third director to leave this project um so david yates uh david yates he actually was on, he was attached to this project he left it as well but variety is reporting that diego luna the actor who played cassian andor in rogue one will be cast in the lead so I'm assuming that he's going to be Tony Montana in uh, in this film. That, that seems
2: like that could work.
3: Yeah, I like it. Come on, shut the fuck up, Jake. You didn't even like him in the goddamn movie, and now you're saying he's going to fucking he's going to fucking take over Al Pacino's role. <laughs> shut the fuck up. You didn't even like him in Rogue One.
2: <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Come on.
3: Come on. No, come on, Jake, 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 is this anything more? You got Antoine Fuqua leaving this, who Antoine Fuqua, he loves Scarface. He left because he's got duties with um, the Equalizer sequel. So he left this. Is this going to be anything more than a fucking point break remake? Wow. Gosh, and... You hate to see that done to Scarface cuz
2: the Point Break remake was kind of in the same category as the original Point Break. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're both kind of cheesy movies, you know?
3: Well, like yeah, but the Point Break remake Scarface is oh, unwatchable. I, I can still go back for nostalgia and watch like the original Point Break because it's got it's got Keanu and it's got Patrick Swayze. You know, we got oh, yeah. crazy Swayze doing his fucking thing. But there's nothing I'm not
2: trying to shit on it. I love it.
3: Yeah, we it's got its fair share of cheese though, I'm not gonna disagree with you. But you know, Jake, you didn't you didn't even you, you weren't even like one hundred percent sold on Cassian Andor, the character, and you, you you're not the biggest uh Diego Luna fan, and now they're saying Diego Luna is gonna replace Al Pacino in this thing? Fuck off. You cannot you just tell me that this is shit. I don't know. I just I mean he's not good
2: I didn't much care for him in Rogue One. Sure. Maybe, maybe he can do this role. I
3: mean, it seems like I I don't know who else. Come on, over Al Pacino. Al Pacino was a fucking living legend. Never
2: once did I say it was going to be better than Al Pacino. Then
0: why fucking do it?
3: (laughs) I'm not
2: in charge of that. I'm not in charge of that.
3: but I'm just saying, come on, Jake. If any, if anybody's, all right. G- I'm being nice. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me. Oh, let's start here. Let's start here. What are your thoughts on the original Scarface? It's. It sounds like it's not a beloved movie to you. If you're just saying, no, I love it. You, okay. Okay. So you do love it. So why the fuck would you want fucking uh, Diego Luna to take over this role?
2: I guess I'm just like weathered to the the Hollywood system. I guess you know what I'm saying. Like, well, all right. we're just shit on everything. I don't care. It doesn't. For me it doesn't take away it doesn't take away from the original. Okay. Like I can separate it. Like just because sure. shitty point break came out, yeah, doesn't mean I can't watch the original and I'm not like in any way hard right. by the shitty point break. Okay. Like nothing that nothing they can do is gonna make me like the original Scarface Less.
3: Shooty, come on man. Talk some sense. <laughs>
4: I don't know why they're even, again, it's just more of the same of here we go remaking something that's beloved. And you know, if they're going to, if they're going to do it, great. Put this guy in the role. Fantastic. You want to know what? I'm not going to go see it. So I don't fucking care. I really, yeah. I really yeah. don't. I'm not going to go see it. And you're right, Brian. It, he's not better than Al Pacino. Right. So why am I going to invest my time?
3: Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, hold on, how, how, what, no, what, what movie have I seen like where somebody's tried to, has tried to take the reins from Al Pacino? I watched the fucking Carlito's Way prequel. Was that movie, oh. was that movie fucking awesome? No, it wasn't. It wasn't awesome. The actor that they had play Carlito, like, good actor. I mean, he, he's, He's he's a decent actor. I can't remember his name, but he was a decent actor. I've seen him in some other things. And I think like I think there's a lot I thought that there was a lot to explore there. I really did. They did a Carlito's Way prequel, and I thought that there was a lot to explore there. I thought like, you know, like, oh, you know, like who was Carlito before, you know, in his heyday, when he was a young man. Um, you know, um how did he learn his way? Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I always wondered that, Jake.
4: <laughs> but, but there's a significant difference to, you know, a reboot and a, and a prequel. You're so right. If you can extend the yeah. the uh, the IP or the canon. I'm all for it. That's great. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. hey, let's find out about Young Scarface. Yeah. That, great. I'm in, I'm there. That I want to know about. But don't. Ah, uh,
3: fuck that. Time and time it, Fuck that. I mean, there's really nothing to explore with a young Scarface. Like, we're just hanging out with this fucking asshole in Cuba. I don't give a shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have his rise to power until he fucking hit Miami. You know what I mean?
2: You're right, Brian. There's no story until you get to the story.
3: Carlito's Way, he was still a fucking gangster before all this shit. You know what I mean? There, There was a prequel story there. Like, you know, like, uh, who is, who is the guy that he fucking hang out? Uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name, like Sanso or whatever the fuck. Like that guy before he fucking became a cripple. And when did the prequel come out? The prequel came out years later after after the original came out. And they, they cast a completely different a younger actor to play Carlito. And yeah, I've never seen that. I saw it I can't remember exactly what it was called. Um but it was the it was the prequel to Carlito's Way, and I really wanted it to be good because I felt like there was a lot of story to be told there. But it, there there's no fucking there's no prequel story with fucking uh, with Scarface. Like it, yeah. his story doesn't get interesting until he hits America and he's in Miami. Like it's just him in Cuba, you know. So I don't know. He I just ha-
2: hope they don't try to remake Dog Day Afternoon. Like I'm I'm being real passive about Scarface, but mm-hmm. oh man, if they announce that, I will freak out.
3: So, yeah, no, you're right. I don't know. So, Antoine Fuqua left. It's not good news. He, I thought he would have been a fantastic director for it. Um, this is, he's the third director to leave this. They've got Diego Luna in this. I feel like this is in crow territory. I feel like it's in I crow was territory. I just getting
2: ready to fucking say, dude. Yeah. My, my next, my next joke was they should do a Scarface Crow crossover
3: movie. The fucked up thing, though, is about this, is that the, 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 the movie will be based on a script by Written by Boardwalk Empire creator and The Wolf of Wall Street screenwriter Terrence Winter, it's got some talent involved. It could be good. It seems. It just feels like a cash grab. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys. Last week we talked about uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things. Uh, he played Jim Hopper, the uh, sheriff. And he was talking about season two and that he brought up Sean Astin joining the cast. Mm -hmm. Well, the Duffer brothers in an interview with Entertainment Tonight confirmed uh, not only that, but another casting. First off, here's what was said about Sean Astin in the article. Some fresh blood is coming to the small Midwestern hamlet in the form of Lord of the Rings Sean Astin, who is set to play a newcomer named Bob Newby. While they couldn't reveal much about Aston's character outside of the fact that he works at Radio Shack,
0: <laughs> could we get any
3: more eighties? Come on! That's awesome. Uh, they Love did me. Con- Radio Shack. Oh my god! Think they- I uh, I live in a town that actually has a Radio Shack, which is amazing. We have two. Do you really? No shit. Yes, we do. Yep. Good for you. We-, we still have the one in the mall. Do you? Oh, I didn't know you guys had at Northwoods. Yeah, dude, I haven't been in Northwoods Mall in like fucking twelve years. Yeah, Just I saw even, it a couple of weeks ago. No shit. Uh, they said uh, he his character is going to work at Radio Shack. They did confirm the news that he'd be playing the boyfriend of Joyce Byers, who's played by Winona Ryder. However, the group had nothing but praise for Aston's performance and what he brings to the Stranger Things dynamic. Uh, Sean Aston is a force. He's going to surprise Ross. Marvelled. Uh, he's just an incredible actor, and he blows us away every day on set. Bob is new to our Weird Hawkins group, but he's immediately memorable, and I think people are going to be very surprised by what that takes them, uh, by where that takes them this year, Sean added. So talking to the Duffer brothers, they have nothing but great things to say about him. Another iconic star who's signed on for the new season is Paul Reiser. Oh, wow. Who is actually a dream get for the creators. Um, Ross said, I've been dreaming of Paul Reiser for a while, and we got him in there. The character he plays was named Paul Reiser for a long time, and we were just like, we should just reach out. We should just see if he wants to do it. And he did want to do it because his kid liked it. So his kid loved Stranger (laughs) Things. Oh, yeah. That happens
2: a lot. Yes. A lot these, like franchise things. Like they're like, oh, I don't know. And then their their kid hears about the yeah. phone call and it's like, oh, shit.
3: Yep. And uh, Paul Reiser, uh, they, they went on to say he didn't understand the show, but his kid explained it to him. Um, yeah. So, guys, I, I think this makes 100 percent sense as far as getting Paul Reiser involved in this cast. Because remember, he was in 1986's Alien film. And oh, yeah. Stranger Things deals with a with a very HR Geiger looking Demogorgon. So this makes sense that you would have him in this film. Um uh this uh series, excuse me. He was also in the uh FX uh FX's new series, Married, but that series has been cancelled, so it kinda opened up uh Paul Reiser to be a part of the show. So um, what do you think about these two new castings? I know we talked about uh, Sean Astin last week. It makes a lot of sense. But I didn't know Paul Reiser was involved in the second season.
2: Yeah. I'm super excited about Paul Reiser. I think that'll be great. So I hope he plays a heel because, I, honestly, I, I ever since Aliens, like, I can't even watch Mad About
3: You. Why do they wh- – He'll always be a heel. Absolutely. Why did they bring him in? Because he played a great fucking heel in Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully –
2: Hopefully he has that turd. Hopefully yeah. he's a shady character. Yeah, Scott,
4: love it. Did you guys see the um, the picture of the kids from uh, season two that leaked picture that came out today?
3: Yes, the uh, yeah. yeah, it was the, the Ghostbuster
4: uh, picture. Ghostbusters picture. It's not leaked. Yeah.
2: It was an uh, Entertainment Weekly first peek of right. season two.
4: Exactly. Those are some great '80s Ghostbusters costumes. I tell you, mine wasn't
3: that nice. So
2: yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, how, how did they get those costumes?
3: <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah. Well, we know that okay. the the story at least takes place in 1984. Then. Right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Um, they did address Barb in this article um, weeks ago. It was confirmed that she was dead. But here's what was said in the entertainment, uh, uh, the ET article. Finally, the Duffer brothers would be remiss if they didn't give fans a hint at how the second season is going to deal with the loss of Barb. Uh, Barb will not be forgotten in season two. I will say that much. There will be a lot of talk of, about Barb, Ross explained before quickly clarifying. She is still dead, though. <laughs> <laughs> They'll
2: have a Barb statue. In
3: honor to Barb. Oh, shut the fuck up! Like the town square, they're gonna have like a <laughs> like a Barb statue in the middle of town square.
2: <laughs> a giant golden Barb statue.
3: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um. So yeah, Barb is dead. I, I Barb is not coming back. She's dead. That, that's the fucked up thing. That's the only problem I had with season one, dude. Is like Will is missing. Will is missing. The cops are looking for Will, and Barb is also missing. And like. She's an afterthought, right? I mean, they, like, they, yeah. they show her parents, like, her mom one time talking about Barb being missing and all this shit. And, like, Barb is an afterthought. Like, I really do think that there needs to be some follow-up with her character in the second season. <laughs> yeah.
2: It is crazy. They, you're right about that. Like, yeah. the whole town is on a witch hunt for where the fuck Will is, but it's like, eh, Barb. Yeah, fuck Barb. She, she was kind of annoying. She was kind of a Debbie Downer.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it, dude.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to make out with people, and she's always interrupting.
3: Yeah. Who cares? Hey, hey, hey Scott, what did you think about Stranger Things Season 1? Oh, I loved it. Burned through it
4: in the weekend. It was awesome. And I did, you know, where is Barb? Totally, totally with you. <laughs> it's like she just totally got dropped. Um, I just hope that they can
3: uh, reclaim the magic for Season 2. I thought it was fucked up. Like Barb's hanging out. Barb, you know what I mean? She, Barb is like hanging out with her best friend and she's trying to get with this fucking asshole, Steve, right? And she's, and and, and she's feeling, you know, like she's feeling left out, man. She's feeling like the, you know, like her friend has kind of like moved on. Her friend has moved on from their friendship and she's still hanging out though to make sure her friend is, uh, making the right decisions and not being a fucking idiot, right? And not, not letting Steve knock her up. You know, and she's hanging out by the pool, and then she fucking gets killed by the demigorgon.
2: Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Her her arc is crazy. Yeah, it sucks.
3: That'll teach you to be a good friend. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? By the end of fucking Stranger Things season one, fucking uh, old girl is still knocking the boots of Steve. And Barb's not around to stop her. That's oh he, why. yeah, Bob, Barb's not around to stop her. I hope she fucking gets knocked up. I hope she's barefoot and pregnant by season two. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's a good I know.
2: Show. You have, That's what makes it a good show. I'm, you have strong feelings.
3: I'm advocating 16 and pregnant over revenge. I
2: know.
3: Over I know. revenge for Barb. It's a fictional character. I know. It's okay. Guys, uh, let's see here. Uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about is uh, there was a cryptic – tweet a cryptic tweet that was sent out by the official stranger things twitter page uh and in this there's a jake jake there's a ton of fucking shit we need to talk about when it comes to this tweet it looked like um it looked like that yeah, was a pretty cool tweet it was a very fucking cool tweet and uh okay um number one i'm gonna throw this out there before we talk about the tweet. uh tweet entertainment weekly they are talking about a uh, a new trailer for Season 2 is going to hit on Super Bowl Sunday.
2: Yeah, super excited about that.
3: So that's tomorrow. That's fucking cool. So we're going to get to see a trailer. But I'm Excited for all that shit. But this tweet, this tweet that they sent out, it was a picture. It was kind of like, uh, what was it? Like, uh, like when you get on your fucking iPhone or if you get on like weather.com. And you see, like,
2: it's like like the three days and what the weather forecast is going to be, the high and
3: the low. Exactly. It's the high and the low. Yeah, exactly. So if you're like, like, you know, checking on your town and shit and like seeing like what the weather is going to be like. So it's a picture, you know, and they show, yeah, the high and the low. And so, like, but in this picture, there's so many things that, uh, so many cryptic things that you can pull from this. One of those things, that you get from this is the, is they think that we know the release date for uh, season two, and if you look at the temperature numbers, you see a, a high of sixty seven and a low of fifty eight on one day, and the difference there is nine, and the high on the next day is fifty and the low is forty two, and that's eight. And then if you look at the uh, barometric pressure, it's 30 and then 13 and that's 17. So they're saying that basically taking from that, that the release date for season two is going to be September 8th of 2017, which falls on a Friday, which is the typical day where they release new releases on Netflix.
2: Yeah, it seems a long time to wait, though. That's the only thing I don't buy about that theory. Like we're already – we're having a Super Bowl trailer and we're waiting until September still.
3: It's six months. It's six months. Uh, Jake, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Jake. We're going to get a fucking teaser trailer. We just found out fucking like today or yesterday that we're going to get a – we're not going to get a teaser trailer for Star Wars Episode Eight until celebration, at least celebration in April. And we're not going to get the fucking movie until eight months later. This makes sense. I know, I know.
2: I, the movie game's different, though, on that kind of thing. I feel like they're not hyped at a television show that early, are they?
4: Why wouldn't they? I mean, it's yeah. the most talked about Netflix series that I can remember.
2: I, I, and I guess it's I, yeah. on the biggest stage possible, so it's yeah. not like you you have to do it now because... You're right not going to get
4: that this, chance again.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I hear you. I hear you. All right. I'll
3: bite. Jake, I also wanted to talk about another thing. Did you notice... That in that uh, that weather report, um, it showed that uh, there was a storm. And during the storm, it's only 11 degrees. Yeah,
2: like yes, it. the low and the high. One is uh, minus 11 and one is
3: uh-huh. 11. Right. Well, a lot of people are speculating that uh, the episode, episode four, is titled The Storm. And oh, if you, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that... People are speculating that uh, episode four is going to be the first, um, the first uh, when we're first reintroduced to uh, Eleven. She's going to come back in episode four because wow, yeah, because you see like like when you look at the third day, it's the storm. You see like the the storm cloud and like the the lightning coming down from the storm cloud. So a lot of people are speculating and it's it's 11 degrees the high is 11 degrees and the low is 11 degrees so a lot of people are speculating that 11 will finally come back in episode 4 that's that's going to be her episode
2: oh wow that's wild yeah it's wild that that's cool that they have the the patience to kind of have a payoff four episodes later yeah but kind of not cool that they're already revealing when the payoff is going to happen
3: that I I, hey that's what people are speculating we don't know if it's true or not but I mean it makes sense I mean why the fuck else would they have eleven and eleven yeah yeah
2: hopefully they fucking like kind of pull the rug out from everyone and have her show up at like the end of the third episode
3: yeah oh no yeah agreed what were you saying Scott
4: I said, I mean, she could. I'm looking at the tweet right now. Yeah. She could. Could be that third episode.
3: Yeah, but it's it's just bizarre that you're seeing a storm in that, on that third day there, and then, like, that's the title of the fourth episode is The Storm. Yeah, she was also found in the storm in the first season,
2: so it just could signify that.
3: Yeah, that's true. I don't know.
2: I, 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 I I'm just... Yeah, holes in it you know?
3: see, that's the thing it's like okay so like us and like a few select people that fucking get on Twitter and then try to decipher this fucking code we get it but like your casual audience like not I mean not many people are gonna fucking try to sit there and try to decipher this and like not, not everybody is even, is even gonna see that fucking tweet you know what I mean oh yeah so I just think they're trying to get like your core like their core hardcore audience excited about this so. No,
2: I agree, and it's a cool thing to do. Like, it's such a hype show yes. that really didn't have the opportunity to have popular viral campaigns the first season, right? Because no one was going to go to the viral campaign because it wasn't a property anyone knew
3: about. Nobody gave so a now. shit. Exactly, I didn't know who the fuck Will Byers was, and now I cannot wait to see Will Byers. You know, like, oh my god, what's what's he doing in the fucking second season? Because like he was he was totally fucking uh, gone from the first one.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's cool they're taking advantage of the popularity and doing these kind of viral yeah. teasers like that. Yeah. And I expect more of this kind of stuff leading up to uh, September.
3: Yeah. All right guys, uh let's uh let's take a fucking break here and uh we'll come back with some Marvel news. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. Guys, we are back. We are going to be jumping into Marvel News this week. Marvel News. All right, guys. Uh, Variety's Justin Kroll was asked in a tweet recently, How soon until you think we hear about a director for Captain Marvel? Seems like that should be coming soon. To which he responded, Marvel is in no rush, waiting to get a script they are happy with. No need to rush since Panther, Infinity, and Ant-Man come before it. Uh... I don't know about you guys, but I like that response.
2: I love yeah, it. Gr- great response. Great response. Fuck it. Wait. You know, they got plenty of time to find the right person to fill those shoes. And they don't, they don't even know what shoes they're trying to fill without yeah. knowing what the script's going to look
3: like. Right, Scott, what are you thinking, man?
4: No, I think the exact same thing. You know, it, it's such a vote of confidence. From that studio, it just, you know, we're all very confident that studio is going to make the right decision. It continues to make all the right decisions. So when they say, eh, we're going to wait, we're going to wait till we got the right script. We're going to, we're going to do right by the character and right by the story. I'm like, yeah, now we could point and we will talk later on about the other studio that, sure. you know, is yeah. making all the wrong decisions. And fuck, they, how many directors did they go through on the, on the flash? Seven? Uh,
3: we went through. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. We well. Oh, I mean, we went through. Uh, they just three, three so far. So they're looking for the fourth.
4: Uh, right. So I'm being sarcastic. So sure. At any rate, back to the answering the question. I think it's a great response.
3: I honestly let me let me throw this out there. I think that they're looking for a female director. Probably. Oh,
2: yeah, I think so too.
3: Do That's I, definitely got to be the desire. I know, and it, it, it is. They're looking for a female director. Do we, do they have to have a female director? No, they don't. And I'm not, I'm not and i am not i am not trying, I'm not trying to be like, I'm, see, that's the thing. It's the thing. It's, it's fucked up. It's, it, the character's Captain Marvel. You've got Wonder Woman coming out and they got Patty Jenkins directing the thing. And I think she's a really good director. I think she's a competent director. Um, <laughs> it, it, but before, be, be, who was it before Patty Jenkins? Was it Michelle, Michelle McLaren?
2: Yeah, Was yeah it Michelle I mean, we've seen what happens to competent directors when they make films for Warner Brothers.
3: Sure, sure. Whew. I'm just saying, like, do do they have to have a female director do the Captain Marvel movie, or is that what they're holding out for? They're 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 holding out for a female director, correct?
2: I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll make a dumb choice though. I think would push Cubs to shove if they can't. get no, I'm
3: not someone. saying that. I'm not saying that. But I, I, I honestly feel like, like once this gets announced, it's like 99.9 percent that it's going to be a female director. And I'm not trying to say that that's a fucking horrible move. I'm not trying to say it's a horrible move. But I'm saying it's predictable. It's predictable that any time that you're going to have like a uh, uh, a female uh led superhero character that these studios are going to look for a female director especially like last year what was the problem what was the problem with the oscars oscars so white correct Yes. so yes, okay yes. now now i mean some of the best movies that came out this year and, and don't fucking don't fucking be like oh brian what the fuck what the fuck are you are you are you talking like uh, like you don't feel like the oscars weren't white last year fuck yeah they were they were fucking oh, so yeah. goddamn white no, toast Go back and listen to my fucking Tupperware's episode, you son of a fuck! If you're call, if you're call, if you're calling me fucking uh, uh, not want thinking that the Oscars were white because like all three of my female actresses of the year were African American. I fucking I, Moonlight was one of my top movies of the fucking year, but on yeah. the flip side, I feel like I feel like I I just want the best movie possible, and. I don't want Marvel to just like sit around and just wait for like the perfect female director to pop up. I want them to just pick the best director for the film. So
2: yeah. I have faith. I think that's what, at the end of the day, that's what they'll end up doing.
3: Sure. Sure. And, and if it, if it, if it does come down to like the best director for the film is going to be a woman. That's, that's great. That's great. Like i I'm, I'm I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited that the Black Panther film is going to be directed by Ryan Coogler. I, I loved what he did. I loved what he did for fucking Creed. So I'm excited for that film. Um,
2: yeah, I can't wait for Black Panther. It looks amazing. It, just from the cast. The cast, the, alone.
3: the cast is just unreal, man. So... But I, I feel like that's what they're waiting on here. I feel like that's the big hang-up here is the fact that they're waiting for a really good female director to to land. And I feel like that's what the hang-up is. <laughs> I, I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah,
2: I, I, compl- I, I that's completely – But that,
3: that's the thing with this with, with this year is that the, the Oscars are so male. Like there's no – there's not a lot of female directors that have been – you know, that's the new hashtag for this year's Oscars, is the Oscars are so male. There's not a lot of female directors that are being brought up in discussion for the Oscars this year.
2: Yeah. No. Is, is it the Oscars' fault this time, though? Or is it the uh, yeah? Is it the fact that they're – like, like who, who missed the boat? Who should have been nominated?
3: Right. Exactly. Like, last year, I felt like – yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, what was it? Beast of uh, – what was it? Uh, the Idris Elba movie, Beast of No Nation or whatever. Donations. Yeah. I feel yes, like yes. that should have been nominated. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's a huge, that's a huge fuck up uh, by the Academy. And, um, but um, this year, I, I don't, I don't know who should have been nominated as far as female directors.
2: Yeah. And female, so, yeah. yeah. Female actors. I'm not, I'm not as in blah, blah. the know to really comment yeah. on whether or not Hollywood kind of fucked up there.
3: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh let's talk about uh USA today. Uh had an article uh titled uh Sneak Peek: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Aims for Bigger, Better Sci-Fi. Um it had some great info about the set visits for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh from James Gunn and uh some insights from the cast. So basically, uh the set visits Most of the uh, media outlets out there can comment on their set visits for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We found out a lot of new things about this. James Gunn said the first movie was successful because we took chances and gave people the unexpected. This movie can only really be what it is. Guardians can only be what they are if they're taking a risk. It means giving them a much different movie. With Volume Two, the filmmaker promises bigger sci-fi concepts, new alien worlds to explore, and some fresh personalities, including Peter's long-lost dad, an ancient being known as Ego, played by Kurt Russell, who is in fact a living planet.
2: Kurt and Russell man form somehow.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell says Ego is the most powerful character I'm ever going to play. I mean, he created himself. He's the real deal. More
2: powerful than Snake Plissken?
3: More powerful than Snake Plissken, Jack Jack Burton, I mean, and (laughs) the guy from Overboard that impregnated... (laughs) Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. The guy
2: from Overboard.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love Overboard.
2: I loved Overboard. Oh,
3: my God, I love that movie. It's so good. It's so fucking good. I loved it, too. I loved it, too. I'd watch it right now. Dude, I love that movie. It's so good. Um, Two months after the end of Guardians, Quill has taken responsibility for his wild bunch of intergalactic ex-convicts who have to fight to stay a family as their leader comes to grips with finally finding his father. But I don't know if Quill is ever going to fully... Be, uh, going to be a fully functioning responsible adult, Pratt says. Groot was born again as a baby after saving his friends in a climactic battle of the first film, and having a child around drives Quill and the muscular warrior Drax crazy in the sequel. According to Gunn, the unlikely guardians who take on parental roles for kid Groot are his slightly insane best friend, Rocket. And Assassin Gamora, she's surrounded by all these dudes who are so stupid half of the time, Saldana says. She has to be the voice of reason. That carries over into Gamora's complicated relationship with her adopted sister, villainous killing machine Nebula, played by Karen Gillan. Another ne- uh, never-do-well Yandu Michael Rooker Uh, the space outlaw who raised Quill also returns and teams with Rocket and Groot when they run afoul of the Ravagers while Drax makes a new friend in Ego's confidant, Mantis. He looks looks like this big, tough brute, but there's a sense of innocence and heartbreak about him, Batista says, of his green-skinned powerhouse. So that kind of gives us, like, there's not a lot that they can say about these set visits. That's pretty much... Like, the gist of it is... Yeah, um,
2: what, one nice takeaway is that it does really sound like we are going to get more Nebula.
3: We're getting more Nebula, and uh, the relationship between her and Gamora. Um, we're going to get Mantis in this one. And uh, what I've been hearing about this movie is it's it's going to be about family.
2: and uh, Yeah, well, father it, issues, I've been hearing a daddy lot. Daddy
3: issues, but, you know, also with families, like a lot of families are dysfunctional. So I think that there's going to be a lot of that involved. We've already heard about rocket in this, in this, uh, next, uh, installment of guardians of the galaxy, not wanting to be a part of the guardians of the galaxy anymore. So I think that's going to come into play.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm super fucking excited for this. I can't wait.
3: Oh, I'm excited yeah. for guardians of the galaxy volume two. My question to you is, Jake, I'm going to ask you fucking right now, right now, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is going to do gangbusters in the box office, correct? Yes. It's going to blow up, right? Yes. Yep. If you had to predict if it's going to be a good movie or a bad movie, what are you going to say?
2: I'm going to predict it's going to be a good movie, but not better than Guardians 1.
3: Okay. Okay. So my question to you, sir, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is inevitable is James coming? Is James Gunn coming back to do it? One more, one more
2: time for James Gunn.
3: So he's going to come back and do uh, Guardians Three.
2: Yeah, the trilogy is just that's that's the Hollywood way. One more time for James Gunn.
3: Talk to me, Shooty. What are you thinking?
4: I agree, and uh, I also think it's what we want too, right? So, I mean, I want James Gunn to come back. Yeah, Jake wants James Gunn to come back. So you know, there's part. Uh, I agree with the, hey, let's do the trilogy. I want to tell my story. So if James has got a story to tell, he comes back. If if there's no more story to tell, then maybe he doesn't come back.
2: Yeah, it'll all depend on, on the reaction to this. I mean, James Gunn is not faking how much fun he is having making these movies. I mean, you see he goes to Facebook Live all the time, yes. he periscopes all the time. Yes. Like, he is not faking the passion and the fun he is having making
3: these i know like we fake jake me and you we fake the passion that we have every week on this show right
2: yeah it happens it happens and it's it's no james gunn
3: we're no james gunn like it's apparent like every week when you listen to the show it's like 100 percent that i'm faking it like i could give a fuck like i would rather be anywhere but this you know what i mean yeah like right now, in this moment, as I'm talking to you, Jake and shooty, like I would rather be anywhere like I would rather be <laughs> I would rather stick my finger in uh in a random person's asshole right now than fucking talk to you fucking jackasses
2: all right all right back to back to my point though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, let's say <laughs> this movie comes out
1: and <laughs> what,
2: is did, ill received uh, by a lot of people. Okay? okay, all right. Let's say a lot of critics, sure. a lot of fans, really start to tear this movie apart. Yes, I think James Gunn is very much the type of personality that would respond very badly to that, and something like that would scare him off of doing a Guardians of the Galaxy three.
4: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah.
2: So that's let's hope it's at least almost as good as Guardians One or better, and that's how it's perceived. All right, I, I really do want Gunn back for a third. A f- I think okay. he would be more than willing to do so as long as he's not fucking destroyed by trolls when Guardians Two comes out. What?
3: Oh, okay, hold on. Let's talk about this. What has Marvel got going for him right now, other than James Gunn and the Russo brothers?
2: As far as director power. Sure.
3: I, I, I mean, I mean, like me and you, Jake, I loved, I love Dr. Strange. I, I love what Dr. Strange did to introduce real magic into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But not everybody was a huge fan of like what Scott Derrickson did for Marvel. Like not everybody's yeah. like and even
2: as much as I liked it. I I wish Scott Derrickson would have been a bit
3: more bold. Sure, sure. So so you, okay. Like right now, me and you. Like like honestly, like I love. I've loved everything that Scott Derrickson has done. Not not Scott Derrickson. Uh uh, the Russo brothers and James yes. Gunn. I love what the what the what these guys have done for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What else? I mean, like what else out there? Can we lo- really look forward to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I mean, it's kind of been kind of like, it's kind of been, uh, um, uh, musical chairs, right?
2: Yeah. You're saying it's kind of stagnant when you go beyond, uh, stuff Russo, Russo Brothers and James Gunner hands.
3: Exactly. Like, I fucking, I love what John Favreau did for Iron Man. But then there was studio involvement for Iron Man 2. And Iron Man 2 was a little bit of a fuck up. I wasn't a huge fan of what, like, you know, uh, Shane Black did for, uh, Iron Man Three, I fucking hated it. Well well, well documented, (laughs) well documented. Like you liked it, you you were a big fan of it. You loved what he did for Iron Man Three. I didn't fucking like it. Not everybody fucking liked it, but you know what? Most people liked it because it did one point three point four billion goddamn dollars. It was fucking. Am
2: I am I incorrect in saying that it's still the second highest grossing Marvel movie? Uh,
3: Avengers is one of the uh, Avengers is the highest grossing. Iron Man three, Iron Man three, right? And then I believe maybe is it Civil War? And then it's like I know Avengers Age of Ultron is still fucking up there. It's still up there, or or, uh, Iron
2: Man three.
3: Iron Man three is up there. So is Avengers Age of Ultron. Avengers Age of Ultron did fucking great. It did gangbusters, Jake. It did over a billion dollars. It did over a billion dollars total.
2: No, I know it could be. It could be number two.
3: Sure. Yeah.
2: In fact, I'm pretty sure it probably is.
3: Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm saying like, like oh, we as much as like people think that like if you're listening to pop culture leftovers, as much as you think that we bash like these DC films, and as much as you think that we fawn over fucking Marvel movies, what else does Marvel really have going for it other than the Russo brothers and James Gunn? Yeah, that's true. That's
2: true. I mean, they really need to strike some more fucking lightning in a bottle, right?
3: And get I the mean, ball rolling. sure. I mean, I'm excited as fuck for Ryan Coogler taking over Black Panther, but like, you know, I, I've seen I've seen what he did for Creed, but I, I I really don't know what he can do with like, guys. We're talking about this great cast for Black Panther, which it has it has a great fucking cast, but how is he going to divvy out? this great cast like are we gonna is are all these fucking cast members gonna get their moment is is it are they all gonna be able to shine michael b hard
2: hard saying
3: yeah michael b jordan all these different fucking characters are they all gonna have their moment so yeah
2: yeah we'll see we'll see yeah that's an interesting question though do you think uh you think james gunn will do different marvel movies
3: Ah, uh, see, that's the thing, like people all the time, are you gonna do like, uh, you know, a Thunderbolts movie? What about a Moon Knight movie? All this stuff. <sighs> Can he really is step J- away? Is, J- is James Gunn all
2: in? Is he a Marvel Boy?
3: What do you think, Scott?
2: I mean, he feels like it. He talks he- about the comic universe all the time.
4: I think he, I think he could, but I think he, I think he wants to finish what he started with guardians and then i think he'd go ahead and consider moving on I, I don't see him pulling a russo brothers making that leap from captain america into the avengers world although i don't think that leaps all that big so
2: yeah, he basically they basically made an avengers movie with civil war
4: pretty much but they're they're coming back though for uh, blah, 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 blah give me a break uh, thanos blah, 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 blah. infinity war right there, yeah. there you go yeah
3: yeah, I mean, which is like your Avengers flagship tentpole fucking movie. Like they, they're taking over what Josh Weed, Josh Whedon started. So, what the fuck it is it? It's 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 fucked up. It's uh, what's fucked up, Jake, is that you got like you got Josh Whedon and he starts off with Avengers, right? And he he kills it. He kills it. Avengers changed yeah. the fucking game, right? I mean, yeah. like, like, like. okay, you're telling me, like, it I love...
2: Like, yes. It created the fucking, like, cross-movie universe, that, you know?
3: Yeah, you bet your ass it did. Like, John Favreau, he came out with Iron Man. Iron Man was great. Iron Man was supposed to be a standalone movie. Like, they weren't even talking... They weren't even thinking about, you know, like, an expanded universe at that time. But you know what? The movie was so goddamn good, they couldn't resist but do it. So, you know what? They threw in that... Nick Cage cameo at the end of the movie where he talked about the Avengers initiative. Next thing you know, we're getting, we're getting incredible Hulk. And then we're getting, then we're getting Captain America. Then we're getting a Thor movie. And then we're getting Iron Man too. I mean, it blew up. Like it was huge, but, and then. What uh, a it,
2: smart move on their part to include that initial yes, after credits. Sequence.
3: It really was. Oh, it really was. brilliant. It was. And uh, yeah, that was I mean that that was probably a bigger moment than than even like the Thanos reveal at the end of Avengers, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, but, what a
2: what a huge yeah. play! As much as I hate on after credit sequences, like yeah. that, that first time.
3: I, I love yeah. after cre- credit sequences if they're if they're done well. I, I don't mind sticking around for them if they're if they're done well. Now,
2: yeah, it's just that ninety percent of them aren't.
3: That's I, I, yeah, I guess I mean. <laughs> It, but, but it kind of has changed the way we see movies,
4: right? Yeah, it really so, has. You know, that first one in Iron Man, I heard a rumor, and that was pre-internet at the size as it is days for today, and I'm like, you know, guys, I think we need to stick around, and holy crap, that yeah. was awesome, right? So now it's just one of those things that we are expected to do. It's a Marvel movie, yeah. and you get pissed, right? People like get up, you know, in the middle of the movie, I'm like, hey, uh, there's more coming, sit down, shut up, grab your popcorn.
2: No, I'm jealous of those people. They just get up and leave. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> Although, you could be one. It's your,
3: your choice. Jake. I want to know what
2: happens, man. They've, I'm, they've got me. I'm addicted.
3: All you have to do is Google to find out if there's an after credit sequence. Like, I, you know that there's going to be one for every Marvel that's movie. What I,
2: that's what I do. Every it's my tradition at the end of every movie. Sure.
3: And when it says no, I cheer. I I I don't mind it, man. I don't mind it. I I like the mid-credit sequence and I like the after-credit sequence. It just feels like there's like an extra, just a couple oh extra God. things that I can get to stick around and and enjoy. I like I that. like
2: it. I like it when stuff is happening. Like I like it when they do the credit sequence that overlaps movies still happening. Like I'm down with that. Like if I'm being entertained the entire time the credits are rolling, like that's a good time. But the the marvel thing where it's just i'm sitting through boring ass uh, fuck that. Fuck, that
3: fuck that like get on your goddamn phone and text your fucking friends check your fucking facebook and all your goddamn social media bullshit that, that everybody does jake just fucking do that fucking shit and wait around for your fucking uh post mid credits and your post credit scene come on come on check your email do all your fucking little shit that you gotta do that everybody does i do it we all do it Come on.
2: I hear you,
3: I hear it's true. See, it, you know what I'm
2: saying. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Just show the whole fucking movie in the fucking movie.
3: Fuck <laughs> Come on. You're I no can't. fun. You'll never, you'll, I'll never change my mind. I know you won't. You got, God maybe. damn it. You're like my fucking grandpa.
2: I'm like, It's the only thing I agree with with Christopher Nolan on. Uh,
3: I'm fine right, that with it. That shit is fucking bullshit. I'm fine it takes with it. It away from the art. Okay. <laughs> fuck off <laughs> You, 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 you Takes cl- away from you, the art you collect That's- dorbs you collect dorbs you, you collect Funko Pops you son of a bitch art <laughs> fuck off
2: I don't, think, I don't think that gives me any less credential. In fact, I think I do. more pop culture <laughs> credential considering how many things the fucking Funko Pops cover.
3: Oh, yes, they're all generic. They all- I think if anything, you've built up my resume. <laughs> Funko Pops just make everything generic. <laughs> they make everything generic. <laughs> they take away individuality and they all just look like beady-eyed, bulbous, <laughs> fucking-headed assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're awesome <laughs> <laughs> alright guys let's move on a few weeks ago I don't even know what we were talking I don't about. either I don't even know where the, this episode's fucking stupid uh, a few weeks ago guys we talked about uh, a, how a Deadpool Wolverine team up movie could work and uh, I brought up that I'd like to see them uh, fight each other and just just basically just beat the shit out of each other cut each other up and to the point where they're all fucked up They're they're missing limbs and they need to regenerate. Once they've regenerated, uh, they do it again and they they, they they just fight each other multiple times over and over and over again. Since then I have I, I've even I've I've fallen in love with this idea even more. Um what do you what Jake, what are you thinking? Like you, what are you thinking about a Deadpool Wolverine team up movie? Do you think even though that Logan's coming out and it's supposedly supposed to be the last film uh, that Hugh Jackman's gonna be the Wolverine. Do you think that a Deadpool Wolverine movie needs to happen or it should happen or it would be something that they could make happen that could be very successful?
2: Do you think they would risk making this happen without Hugh Jackman? I mean, what?
3: No, 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 no. It has to be Hugh Jackman. Okay. Why Why does it have to be Hugh Jackman? Because basically, uh, what they have done is they have in the first movie, they kind of like, they, 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 they even had Hugh Jackman in it. I mean, he was wearing the Hugh Jackman mask and, and, uh, and, and things like that. I feel like if they introduce another Wolverine character at that point, it's just, it's just not. You, you're talking about the two, like, the two favorite things from the Fox cinematic X-Men universe in the but same movie. Yeah. They're in the same movie. Like this is like this is like hold on. Like like eh, maybe not to this level, but like I loved Michael Keaton's Batman, and I love Christopher Reeve's Superman, and to see those two in the same movie would be. Amazing. Amazing. Now, if you're telling me, like... It is the same level. Okay, so, Jake, you're saying it is the same level. Like, but on the flip side, like, you're telling me, like, okay, I'm getting Ben Affleck's Batman, which I've never seen before, and then Henry Cavill's Superman, which I loved in one movie, but you know what? He's no fucking Christopher Reeve. I'm going to get these two in the same movie. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Let's see what they can do with it. (laughs) Oh, well, they fucked it up. Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) so, like, but now I'm getting, like... I'm getting Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, which I've spent 17 fucking – 16, 17 fucking years with. And then I'm getting Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, which like fucking like reinvented the R-rated comic book game like in a way that no other movie's done before. And I'm going to get those two in the same fucking movie together? Oh, my God. Let's do this. But you're telling me that you've recasted Wolverine with either another no-name? with a no-name actor, I don't give a shit. I don't give a fucking shit. You would have to, you would have to recast Wolverine as fucking Tom Hardy for me to give a fucking shit.
4: Yeah, but what (laughs) if you took Wolverine, you put him in the suit? So he's walking around in the suit, and here, this will blow your fucking mind. thinking. Wolverine in the suit. I've wanted Wolverine in the suit. When you know, I don't believe we're gonna get Wolverine. Um, Hugh Jackman in the suit, just sure. not gonna happen. Yeah. So I got Wolverine in the suit fighting Deadpool, um, the entire movie. And and hey, let's throw Hugh Jackman in there as fucking Hugh Jackman in the uh, Deadpool movie with yeah. Wolverine. Yeah. But not be Wolverine. I. That would be epic. I, I'm there. I'm in. I don't know, Let's man. make
2: Hugh Jackman the bad guy that the
4: uh,
0: right
2: new Wolverine and Deadpool have to fight. <laughs> oh, he's so that would be awesome.
4: Because <laughs> I'm paying money to see Wolverine in that fucking suit. I haven't seen. I've been waiting to see
3: Wolverine in his suit for how many years? Two decades yeah, now. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I, I
2: don't. I don't. I don't know.
3: I'm not against me. it. I, I'm not against it. I like what you
4: guys are saying. You may never get to see that. I may never get to see it. I'm not going to see my Minnesota Vikings win a Super
3: Bowl either. So, you know, hey, there you go. I like what you guys are saying, but it'd be nice to see them do justice to to what Hugh Jackman's done for the character. I'd love to see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and uh, him fighting against Ryan Reynolds. Like like this is – you know, we're getting fucking – like what like has Tom Holland done for – Spider-Man. Like really not a lot. I mean, he he did, he he was fucking great. I thought he was fucking great in Civil War. And but I'm excited as all shit to see him palling around with Robert Downey Jr. in Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm I'm was... I'm, I'm, I'm I'm excited as shit. But if you're telling me that I'm going to get Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and fucking Hugh Jackman as Wolverine together in the same in, in a fucking team-up movie together? Like that's that's like like Jake Scott. That's that's bigger than fucking seeing Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. pal around as Iron Man and Spider-Man. Like This is huge. All right. Easy, easily. easily. This, is, this is a billion dollar movie. Am I right?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. It, it could make some serious fucking money. Yeah. Um, is there any, is there any traction in it? Is there any movement? Are, are people talking about it?
3: People are talking about it. Um, let's see here. We're, uh, Deadpool writers Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick think a crossover is a great idea. Here's an article from the playlist where they talk about just that. The writers of Deadpool, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, might be a little bummed that their irreverent anti-superhero film was completely shut out of the Oscar nominations last week, but they they remain unbowed. And hey, there's still the WGA awards to come. They have plenty to be happy about with at least two more Deadpool movies on the way, plus an entire franchise that could yield X-Force and much more. But most tantalizing for fans is the loose talk of a Deadpool-Wolverine crossover movie. Hugh Jackman has previously sworn up and down that he's done with the character after the upcoming Logan. But hope recently came in the form of Deadpool star Ryan Reynolds pitching for a team-up. I have no idea if I can change his mind, he said. It's the audience. I would exclusively exploit that relationship to get Hugh back for another one. Jackman's response to such a tempting idea, the actor said a collaboration would be, quote, a perfect fit, and that he's now hesitant to drop the character entirely, but timing could be an issue. But how do the Deadpool writers feel about the idea? For them, it's a dream scenario. Uh, They say we've come a long way from 2009 when we couldn't get the movie off the ground till now, said Wernick. And to have this team up, it would be amazing. To have Hugh resurrect Wolverine in the Deadpool universe? And again, Ryan's making a hard push to make that happen. And hopefully the public gets behind it and we can all convince Hugh to put the claws on one more time. With the current game plan, including Deadpool 2, then Deadpool 3, possibly followed by X-Force, if Jackman comes back to join the Merc with the Mouth, would that change everything? Yeah, it would. If you think about it, Reese explained, if you're looking at Deadpool 2, if you're looking at X-Force, if you're looking at Deadpool 3, there's not necessarily room for another team-up movie. I think it does create real scheduling and universe issues and something that could be ironed out, but it would need to be ironed out. I don't think any of us operate under the assumption that it would be even possible to do a Wolverine uh, Deadpool thing. So we we just have we, So we just haven't planned for it. It's still not in the plan, but if it were to happen, it would require a hard look at the overall architecture of our storylines. Um,
2: yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They'd have to really grind down the decision about what universe Deadpool's in Yeah, instead of being so ambiguous about it.
4: Right. And does that create real problems, right? So how do you move on from there? So we get Deadpool and we get uh, Hugh Jackman in a team-up film, and that goes off, and it's great. What, what happens to the Wolverine character? Because I, you know, Jackman is only getting older, and you know, here's an opportunity to go ahead and do something where he's in the suit and it's different, and we can still have it in that beloved universe, and then move forward from that. I, I just think it kind of throws a big wrench into things, and they got to really, really, really be tight about what.
3: I think Deadpool do. needs to say st- it needs to stay separate. From all the fucking bullshit they're doing with the X Men proper universe, it just—I well, ne- agree with you there. It just needs to say step, stay separate. I mean, like what what they did with Deadpool was just so wonderful, and I, I, I don't think that they need to intermingle that with like X Men proper. Like, I think when they start to do that, like okay, we have to have you know Deadpool do a cameo in like an X Men film. I think that's when when shit starts to fall apart.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It just becomes convoluted, like the core X Men universe already kind of is. So
3: Logan, I feel like Logan is kind of like uh, the the last chapter of like the Bryan Singer universe. You know, like that's the end of that character for that universe. But I feel like if they if they include him into the Deadpool universe, it doesn't really matter, man. That, like that's where all the fun shit happens. You know, that's yeah. What... The
2: door the, the door open for that with yeah. them setting Logan in the future, right. Like, Logan isn't set in the now. Right. So the give door is me. open for him to show up in places like a Deadpool
3: movie. Give me that one fucking, you know, if they just tell me that we're going to get fucking Logan in this one movie, I don't expect him to show up ever again. Just give me the one movie. It'd be fun because they've already said like, uh, lo- like the Deadpool movies are happening in the here and now. Like you don't have to worry about continuity and time jumps with Deadpool. It's just like Deadpool is happening in the here and now. Just give me, just give me fucking, just give me a Deadpool Wolverine team movie. I think it would be fun. I think the fans deserve it. Especially if yep. Logan fucking sucks. Which <laughs> which I think is a huge there there's a huge chance that Logan's not going to be the movie that we all want. I mean, come on, let's get real. Like like of course like I think Logan could be a great movie. I mean, we could get a great movie with the Reavers and X-23, and we could all leave the theater and be like, oh, my God. Thank God I went to the, see this movie. It was so good. I loved it. It was wonderful. One of the best comic book movies ever. But on the flip side, I mean, it could also be just like every other solo Wolverine movie that we've ever fucking seen where we leave it and we're just like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck did I just watch? Like, what the fuck? Was that Deadpool? Yeah. That was dead. Uh, Hold on. They they sewed his mouth shut and he's he's swinging around like he's fucking Baraka from Mortal Kombat. What the fuck was that? (laughs) Like, what the fuck was that? Or it could be like at the end of like the Wolverine where he turns into Super Shredder. And we're just like, what the fuck was that? Like, hold on. I'm watching a samurai movie. And then next thing you know, he turns into fucking Megatron. What the fuck? Yeah, they
2: haven't, they haven't given you much to have faith in. Right. Honestly, that's for sure.
3: So I don't know. Like I think the trailers for the Wolverine, like the first one was okay. I thought the second one was phenomenal. I think like the Wolverine could, like this next Logan movie could be really, really good. It could, it could be fantastic. Like this could be like a road movie with X23 and and uh fucking professor x and it could be awesome like holy shit we leave the fucking theater and we're just like oh my god that was fucking great that's the way you know that's the perfect way for this character to end or if it fucking sucks we could be like oh my god please please do a team-up movie with fucking deadpool make it funny and let's have a good time with this yeah, a final redemption for yes. the character. Yes,
4: but you could still you could still do both. And quite frankly, I I think there's still time and room to throw Wolverine into Deadpool 2 just as just as a
3: as a cameo. Right? Ah, I'm not buying that, man. I'm not I, I'm not buying. Well, I know that they're not going to throw they're not going to throw um they're not going to throw Deadpool. You know, uh, it was uh. Rhett Reese or Paul Warnock, one of them, said that they're not throwing Deadpool into, the, into Logan as a cameo.
4: Correct.
3: So yeah, I also I'm don't saying- – I don't feel like they would throw Wolverine into Deadpool 2 as a cameo. I feel like if we're going to get a cameo – if we're going to get a cameo in Deadpool 2, it's actually going to be of Hugh Jackman. It's not going to be as Wolverine. If we're going to get Hugh Jackman – if we're going to get Wolverine in a Deadpool movie, I feel like it needs to be a team-up movie. It really needs to be a team-up movie between the two because – Yeah, the movie needs to be
2: called Deadpool-Wolverine. Yes.
3: Deadpool. Boom. Or whatever.
0: Oh, I, I'm taking – all
3: honestly, I, Jake, I don't know what you're going to say when I say this. I feel like if we're going to be fourth wall breaking – I think Fox needs to even take it to the next level. I think they need to call it Deadpool v. Wolverine and then give it s- – and, and fucking make fun of Dawn of Justice. Make fun of that fucking film. Like take it to the next fucking level and make fun that of DC. Be, that
0: would be amazing. Well, see the oh. thing – they've not take
3: I my money. You don't
2: know what I would think about a movie title making – fun of dc movie titles well holy shit oh, man i think that's great
3: think about it like ryan reynolds already made fun of the green lantern in the first deadpool take it to the next fucking level call it deadpool v wolverine dawn of dawn whatever of paychecks dawn of paychecks exactly and then <laughs> go into the next movie and then make sure that you point out that both characters have uh mothers that have different names and just rip it to shreds okay
2: uh, i've or maybe dawn of merchandise,
3: right? And then they both have to—they both have to come together to fight a uh, a villain at, in the third act, and they both realize that they both need to come together and fight that villain in the third act and make fun of it. Just something,
2: it could be some some villain that they're wasting, like Omega
3: Red. Ah, ex- oh, perfect. <laughs> it's that's perfect. I mean, just really, 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 just like if you want to. If you want, I, I think it's perfect if they did that. Like, they've already made fun of DC in the first movie. Exploit it even more. Why not? I, I think, like, most people weren't 100% sold on Batman v Superman. And for the people that weren't big fans of Batman v Superman, even the people that were fans of it, I think, could get a kick out of them just kind of like making it a lighthearted joke. God,
2: fans of Batman v Superman. Jesus. Isn't it awesome what they did with uh, Doomsday, the number one fucking selling Superman comic of all time? Isn't it really great how well they adapted that? No,
3: it's not. I'm I'm
2: so happy I can't. Yeah. Is it just a giant throwaway bunch of bullshit?
4: It's a
3: huge throwaway in the third act of a movie. It it, it was awful, Jake.
4: Oh, God. So back to this Deadpool Wolverine thing. I'm in... But um, let's go ahead and exploit merchandise even more. Um, I want all all the fucking Wolverine suits. I want the yellow one. I want the fucking brown one. I want the blue and um, blue and gold. Uh, oh, shoot. The, the new age one that they did. I want all of them in there and change it for no fucking reason whatsoever. Give me
3: the black one. Give me the fucking black one, the X Force oh, one. That, oh, I don't give a shit.
4: Absolutely. Just give me all of them. Give them. Sure. Know, why are you changing suits? I don't know. I don't know. I need to sell more toys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love
3: it. I love
4: it too. I, I want him in the fucking suit. If you're gonna do that, if you're gonna give me Hugh Jackman as yeah. Wolverine in a Deadpool movie, yeah. Put him in. Put him in. Put him in all the fucking suits. I I want to see. You know, yeah. just give me every yeah. reason to spend all my money on Marvel Select. And there it is. Oh, that's
3: a fucked up thing, though. It's like, well, once once uh, w- once this, once these Fox movies come out, we don't get fucking Deadpool toys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we get, like, hot toys and shit. But we right. don't get, yeah. like... you that's know, true. You know, yeah, we, I didn't go down the fucking uh, aisle at Walmart and see any fucking Days of Future Past. I couldn't buy a fucking Evan Peters Quicksilver. Yeah,
2: that is true. That is true. Yeah. I mean, you're
3: right. I wonder why they don't
2: exploit the merchandise more. It's not like don't it's wanna- too... Ad- I don't know. So, so
4: they, they're not, they don't want to give any more money to they don't want to give any more credit to the franchise you know we just want to divorce or so. I mean look they killed off the Fantastic Four in the comic books
2: yeah. does the merchandising have something to do with the uh, rights issue like Fox has the rights to the movie but they don't necessarily control the toy rights
4: that's correct so Fox has the rights to the movies but not to the merchandise so what Marvel's doing is saying fuck you Fox we're not going to yeah. sell the toys unless you know like you'll see a Wolverine Out in the stores, you'll see the Marvel Legends series out in the stores, right? But you're not going to get any movie tie-ins with the Fox franchise because all it's going to do is promote people to go out and watch the movie, and Marvel doesn't want that.
3: Yeah, makes sense. All right, guys, speaking of Deadpool 2, who's playing Cable? Uh, In a recent chat with Meet the Movie uh, Press, director David Leitch, the interviewer, uh, congratulated uh, on bringing Pierce Brosnan as Cable. And Leitch responded. So basically, okay, there's a recent chat with uh, Meet the Movie Press. And the new director, David Leitch, for Deadpool 2, was congratulated on bringing on Pierce Brosnan as cable. So basically the interviewer was trying to trick him. Hey, congratulations on uh, Pierce Brosnan as your new uh, cable. And then Leitch, he said, we have not yet. So he, he, he didn't get, he didn't say, oh yeah, 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 Pierce Brosnan, he's gonna be the new cable. He says, we have not yet. So he did not confirm, nor he did not deny. So a member of the press from, uh, Tracking Board and Variety were also in the room, and Jeff Snyder from Tracking Board and Justin Kroll from Variety were there, and Jeff, and, uh, it was, uh, Jeff Snyder who said, Justin can't say anything, but yeah, I've heard it's going to be him. Oh, wow. So that's, that's the rumor that's out there that, uh, it's going to be Pierce Brosnan. He's going to be cast as Cable. Um, it's not confirmed that Pierce Brosnan, see, here's the thing. It's not confirmed that Pierce Brosnan is even in talks for this role. He could be in talks for another role. But it's not likely. Like, if you're, if you're, if you're asking me. That's bizarre. Exactly, exactly. I'm just throwing that out there. I do think that it is, uh, that he's probably in talks to be cable. What are you guys thinking, man? I'm like, like, once the movie comes out, we could be like, oh my God, I can't imagine anybody but fucking Pierce Brosnan not being this cable. But, like, on the flip side, like, right now, if you were to ask me, it's like, I want my first choice would definitely be Ron Perlman. My second choice would probably be Dolph Lundgren.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on your first choice.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm a
4: big Perlman guy for Cable, too, but I, I can see Pierce doing it. The more I think about it, and, you know, I have to put faith in Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. right? So if he's talking, taking pictures with Pierce, and they're going through some stuff, I, I'm i just going to go ahead and trust Ryan that he knows what he's doing and yeah. will cast Pierce. And you know what? It'll probably be fucking amazing. And I think he can, he's got the chops to do it. I mean, Brosnan's got the chops to go ahead and pull that off. I mean, take a look at his recent works playing an older, crabby guy. Yeah. You know, he's good at that stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I agree. I agree. It's definitely not the first person that comes to mind, but it it definitely doesn't like, it doesn't make me mad if they cast Pierce Brosnan.
3: Oh, I'm yeah. Agreed. I mean, it's like one of those things, like if they cast Pierce Brosnan, I'll be like, okay, well, Ryan sees something in him and I'm going to wait for the movie to come out. And, and that's the thing. It's like, it, hold on. You're going to cast Pierce Brosnan. I'm going to get all pierced, pissed off, you know, <laughs> pierced off, pierced off. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get all pierced <laughs> off that you cast Pierce Brosnan. Um, that's the thing. It's like they cast like basically virtually like three or four actors to play Colossus in the first movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, we had like, we had like a bunch of different people playing like, you know, the motion capture for Colossus. We had another for the voice and all this other stuff. And then, like you know, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead was like an unknown actress, and I think she did pretty damn well. So, yeah,
2: both of those, both of those are, yeah, like didn't really have much screen time. Though, I mean, we're talking like the co-star of the movie.
3: Yeah, I, are are we though? Is that the thing? I, is is I, that what I, they're I saying? Like we are really okay. Yeah, why well, have
2: cable if you're not going to have him for, for you know? I I think he's going to be in the movie more than Colossus was in Deadpool one.
4: Okay. Oh.
3: Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're definitely setting up for the future for an X-Force film, and they're wanting to sho- showcase that. But, like, if they're going to do an X-Force film, which it sounds like they're going to do, is, like, is Pierce Brosnan the guy that they're going to set this whole me- this whole movie up with? You know?
2: Yeah, hard saying, hard saying. Or maybe yeah. they just won't use cable on X Force. For
3: I am not No, I, I think they will.
2: Yeah, it's hard, hard saying. The Pierce Brosnan thing makes
3: me lean towards they won't. I guess. I mean, I, I honestly feel unless like. They,
2: unless it's a completely different, separate thing.
3: Yeah, I guess. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm just going, like, by everything that I'm reading, it feels like the cable casting has to do with setting up the X-Force universe. Yeah. I just thought the Deadpool
2: thing was going to stay separate. So that's where... I guess that's where the confusion comes in for me.
3: Okay. I just felt like the... I felt like Deadpool is going to set up this whole X-Force universe. That's... So...
2: Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. It's not far-fetched by any means.
3: I felt like, like...
2: Why not set up a new universe with these movies that are making you shit tons of money?
3: I, I, I don't, I think Deadpool is going to set up the X-Force universe, but I don't think X-Force is going to be tanning with, like, what they've been doing with X-Men. I
2: agree. I agree.
3: So, guys, let's move on to DC and let's wrap this up. I, I, the, the Star Wars news that I got this week is kind of bullshit. It's all fucking 4chan rumors. We can talk about it in a future week. I don't think it really fucking matters. So we're gonna finish with DC. To do it. Okay, so I'm gonna start with DC news. Time for DC news.
0: Last night. Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit.
3: All right, you fucking pieces of shit. It looks like Ben (laughs) Affleck. Will not direct the Batman as reported by Variety and confirmed. Uh, and this statement is confirmed from Ben Affleck himself. He says, there are certain characters who hold a special place in the hearts of millions. Performing this role demands focus, passion, and the very best performance I can give. It has become, it has become clear that I cannot do both jobs to the level they require. Together with the studio, I have decided to find a partner in a director who will collaborate with me on this massive film. I am still in this, and we are making it, but we are currently looking for a director. I remain extremely committed to this project and look forward to bringing this to life for fans around the world. Uh, Warner Brothers also uh, commented, on this, and they said, uh, Warner Brothers fully supports Ben Affleck's decision and remains committed to working with him to bring a standalone Batman picture to life. So guys, let me explain real quick. Uh, Ben Affleck is not stepping away from playing Bruce Wayne or Batman. He's stepping down from the director's chair. So, um, I want to get your thoughts on this, and we're going to open this up for discussion, and Just be candid, man. What do you guys fucking think about this? Jake? I can't
2: imagine Warner brothers is happy with this. I feel like the whole reason they signed Ben Affleck in the first place was to get him to direct a solo Batman film. Well, okay.
3: What movie did they have come out recently that he did direct? It was a Warner brothers fucking movie. It was called live by night. How the fuck did that do? Uh, well, it had a 32% on rotten tomatoes and it's been taking a $75 million loss. Yeah, I think it's why I think it, why <laughs> why
2: because he because he's their darling a, and he's going to do the job for him
3: it, it's a bad movie that's why well why is it a bad movie because uh, come on guys I mean this guy did the fucking town he did Argo why is it a bad fucking movie are they spreading him too fucking thin Yeah, I I honestly feel, yeah, I feel like, I feel like he was fucking, he's wrapped up in trying to fucking write for the Batman, and he's trying to play the Batman, to where the, to where he can't invest what he needs to in this Live by Night movie. Because guys, he was an actor, he was a director, and a producer on The Town, and on Argo, and those movies were phenomenal.
2: Now I think there's something we're not being told here.
3: It
4: sounds like more crap from the studio. This has not been a happy marriage for a while. That's my gut.
2: Yeah, I agree.
4: I mean, he's been like, well, maybe I won't do this and maybe I will do that and and been caught, you know, well, I really didn't mean this, you know, backtracking and shit. I, I just it's more signs to me. Of the shit show that's going on over at Warner Brothers, yeah. and I'm yeah. just, I'm just done. I'm,
3: I've had it, Scott. Done. I'm, I'm with you. I'm 100. percent I feel like this was a problem with Warner Brothers in the past. Uh, ben Affleck has warned that if a script was not good, that he would not be directing this movie. Here's his quote: mm-hmm. He said, "There's not enough money in the world to make a mediocre version of Batman worth it." And he's also said in the past, guys, quote, I'm a real believer in not doing, not reverse engineering projects to meet a window or a date, but rather like when you get to the right story or you get to the right idea or you get to the right thing, then you make the movie. And so that's what we're doing And I'm hoping to get that done and spending a lot of time on that. But I'm also working on other stuff. And if I could, if I could find it right, then there's nothing I'd love more than to direct a standalone. You know, iconic great Batman movie. He wanted to direct an iconic Batman film. But (laughs) the studio the studio Warner Brothers wanted this movie to be released in 2018 they yeah, the fast track they, oh yo Jake <laughs> God damn it oh, the money man oh my God Jake you fucking nailed it fast track fast track you gotta have the movie come out in 2018 you know why you, you know what you know what you know what you know what was supposed to come out first Jake Justice League part two.
2: Yeah, but the steam's already almost out of this universe, so we got to get this shit
3: out quick. <sighs> Boom! Justice League Part Two was supposed to come out before Batman was. Bu- it, Justice League Part Two was announced before Batman, the standalone movie, was even announced. But you know what? Once people heard about Batman's standalone movie, and once they, people heard about you know uh, Ben Affleck possibly directing this movie, uh, this movie people were t- they wanted it and they wanted it now. And, and once people were disappointed by Batman v. Superman. Exactly. So, go ahead, Scott.
4: Well, I was just going to say, I don't know if... Uh, my question back to both of you. Yeah. Were you excited about the Batman movie project yeah. when they announced it? I was. Uh,
2: directed by Ben Affleck? Yes. I, I was. Yes. I thought but did, you, I thought but did you, was really going to do something different. Yes.
4: But did you expect that it would be in the next five
2: years? Uh Yes.
3: I mean, you've got him working with... for Justice League Part 2?
2: No. I, I believed the release schedule they were telling
3: me. Yeah, yeah. This movie should not... This movie should not have been set for a fast track. I mean, this movie... Basically, it should be, in my opinion, him and Jeff Johns working on this movie and getting the script that they want. It sh- So you... <clears throat> Go ahead. You, you, you make the announcement, or we talked about in
4: Marvel News, right? Yeah. We're going to go ahead and wait to announce the director for Captain Marvel mm-hmm. until we yeah. feel we got the right script yeah. And, yeah. and all that stuff. So, again, there's a competent studio making a confident announcement, right? So here, oh, my goodness, um, we've got a property. The flagship of the DC Universe is fucking Batman, right? Yeah. So, yeah. hey, you know what? Um, let's go ahead and exploit... That character, we're gonna go ahead and throw a movie out there so we can make <laughs> more money because the rest of our movies they, they fucking suck and we don't even know what the hell we're gonna do with the Flash because you know directors are falling off that project uh, every five minutes. Um, I haven't heard anything good about Aquaman uh, and the news out of uh, the DC camp for Wonder Woman isn't good. And I'm sorry, folks. You know what? If the I not the IMDb, if the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score on Wonder Woman, is at the same level. If it's at 33 fucking percent, I'm not spending my money. I'm not giving my money to the studio anymore. So I agree with you, Brian. I mean, holy shit. Um, let's fast-track our our most beloved character, the, the character we make the most money on, and fuck it up. And, and good for Affleck to just say, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to do it.
3: Yeah. 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 He's
2: contractually obliged to, to play the part but he's not forced to direct it.
3: Yeah. Oh, hard... Go yeah. ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just saying, like, Jake, let's say that the movie, this next movie they come out with, okay, Justice League comes out, which is fine, and, and, and it comes out, and I, I don't feel like Justice League is going to to do the numbers that, that, that DC wants it to do, which is unfortunate. I, I, I agree. Justice League... Batman v Superman should have. Batman v Superman should have blown Civil War out of the water, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Just on paper.
3: Just on paper. I I mean, Civil War, yes, you've got Falcon, you've got Winter Soldier, you've got, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch, Spider Man, Iron Man. Yeah, but the main
2: event, the marquee match is Batman versus Superman. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, you show me a poster of Batman staring down Superman. That's – I've never seen that on screen. I mean, in 76, 77 years of these characters uh, being on the planet – that's never been a feature film. I mean, you know, we've, we've dreamed about, you know, Christopher Reeve and, and Michael Keaton in a film together. And like, we couldn't get that. We never got that. So like, here we go. We're going to get, we're going to get, you know, Ben Affleck as Batman and we're going to get Henry Cavill as, as Superman. And, and they're going to, they're going to fight each other on screen. So like, like this should be like, this should be a huge movie. This should be like the biggest movie of all time. It did not even hit a billion dollars, which is like, which is embarrassing to me, which is embarrassing yeah. to me, and I, I feel like if the movie was was universally loved, just like Avengers was universally loved, and I know there, there's 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 a there's a portion of you know fanboys out there that did not like Avengers. I, I I've heard those complaints, and and people did not like the jokes, and didn't like Joss Whedon as director, and they didn't like Avengers. I get that, but that movie did over a billion dollars. It was a huge fucking movie. This movie was not universally loved. There were people that loved Batman v Superman, and I get that, and I hear those voices, but it was not universally loved. Not not everybody loved this fucking movie, and it did not do a billion dollars, so it was not a huge success in my opinion.
2: Yeah, you can only imagine what the fucking Warner Brothers higher-ups were expecting this shit to do. Yes,
4: yes. And it got nominated for
3: nine. Nine Razzie Awards. Yes. What's yeah, a, what's the fucking what's the problem here? Like, it, it, is the problem that that David S. Goyer is is doing another screenplay? Is it Zack Snyder doing another DC property? What's the fucking problem here?
2: I don't know. I don't know. There's just no there's no focus on character. It's all just the gravita of the the blockbuster movie. Yeah. It's it's you know, I don't I don't know or. It's something's wrong now.
4: It almost appears to me like they just don't understand how to put together a good movie. I mean, they're killing it in the comics. I mean, DC's just knocking it out of the park in the comics. But it's like, hey, can you make a movie? Uh, No. And then on top of it, you know what? They're playing catch-up with Marvel. And I just would prefer them to go ahead and play their own fucking game. Both studios have this massive library of awesome stories that they could tell. Mm -hmm. Just pull from your library of great stories. Use that as a baseline to make your movie and put it on screen. We know it works, right? We know that your uh, core audience of geeks is going to go out and uh, watch it. And that the story itself is enough to be compelling towards the modern day audience. So they'll come out and watch it and you'll have a good fucking movie. Instead, it's like, Oh, we got to play catch up. Oh, I got to put these people in. I got, I got to cram Wonder Woman into this movie. Oh, wait, you know what? We got to give nods to uh, the death of Superman in this movie. And holy shit. I mean, the death of Superman was one of the most iconic stories ever told by DC. And you, you put it into 30 minutes of the last part of the fucking movie. I mean, it, I'm sorry. It's just discombobulated nonsense told by a group of people who should know better.
3: Yeah. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean – sorry. Now I'm awake and I'm all pissed off. No, you're you're fine. You're fine. I I 100 percent agree. I I feel like DC – that's the thing. It's like people will take what we say about these DC films and think that we are DC haters. Fuck off. fuck I I don't even there's no point
2: even defending that fuck you you.
3: No, whatever. Fuck you. I love DC. I love the character of Superman. I love the character of fucking Batman. And because I love those characters, I don't love what I'm seeing from these fucking movies. God damn it. You don't have to be a fucking fan to stick up for these fucking movies. I loved Man of Steel. I thought it was fantastic. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, they've put Superman into a real world situation. This is what needs to be done. This is what needs to be done. I think they did it in a great way. I feel like there are certain things that have been dated in certain movies. Like, I watch a Terminator movie when they t- try to do a Terminator movie today, and I feel like it doesn't apply. I feel like the Terminator movies were great in the 80s because, like, we didn't understand technology and where it was going back in the 80s. And I felt mm-hmm. like, you it's know, I like, what made it scary. That's what made it scary cuz we didn't understand it, you know. Right. And um I feel like I I felt like what they did with Superman with Man of Steel, I felt like like they took um uh, they took Superman and they put him into a real world situate real world situation where like how the world would react to an alien coming onto our planet now. And I felt like it was done in a realistic way. And, uh, I appreciated it for what it was. I felt like Michael Shannon was great as Zod, and I I just thought it was a great standalone movie. Um, once we got the Batman v Superman, I felt it was very convoluted. I felt that there was too much going on in this movie. I felt like they didn't give, you know, Lois anything really to do that was interesting. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bad movie. It, It fell apart for me. And this whole, and then, and then, and then what we got in Suicide Squad didn't work for me, but like on the flip side, it's like, I love what they're doing with the Flash TV series. Oh, I, absolutely. You know, I, I, I love what, what DC's doing with Supergirl and Melissa Benoist and Tyler Hecklin as Superman and, and I'm, I'm actually excited to, I'm hoping that they'll actually introduce Batman and Nightwing into this whole universe that they're, that they're that they're bringing into the TV universe. I I think that Greg Berlanti is doing something great with DC on the TV side. I love Legends of Tomorrow and I I love everything that they're doing with DC on the TV side. It's just I feel like the movie stuff is is not living up to like what I want to see from this universe. But I don't feel like when I express that that I'm actually saying fuck these characters, fuck the no, Joker. No, no fuck Batman. These
2: interpretations of the
3: characters. It's Thank you, Jake. It's like, I honestly feel like there are people out there that fucking love these movies before they even come out. I want Wonder Woman when it comes out with Gal Gadot because I loved her. I loved her performance in Batman v Superman. When I hear that fucking guitar riff and I see her come out there with her fucking uh, lasso of truth and her fucking... And, and, when I see her come out there and fucking start to kick Doomsday's ass, it gets me pumped up. She was so fucking good in that movie that I don't want them to fuck her up. I I, yeah, I, I don't I don't
2: blame you. None I, of
4: us want to see these characters fail. Exactly. And that's what pisses me off. Yes. So when I walk out of Batman v Superman and you know I rolled out the cash, saw it opening night, yeah. Know, got Got the Batman t-shirt for my wife because she doesn't have one, and she's cool enough to wear it. And we go, and we both walk out, and we're like, oh, my God, what was that? Yeah. And I lie to the people walking into the theater. How was it? It was pretty good. And we get in the car, and, and now... I, you know, my wife is pissed. Like, why'd you lie to him? Because I'm like, I don't want to look like the only asshole that just dropped twelve bucks for a fucking piece of shit movie. I'm gonna yeah, go that's back what home. I, That's
2: what I always say about those Cine scores. No one, no one's giving that shit an F. No.
4: But I learned my lesson. I'm sorry. I know that, hey, I don't trust uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to make my own decision. Well, you know what? Most of the time, it's pretty good. It's pretty spot on when something's going to be good or not good. If you read the reviews, okay, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm not shelling out my money anymore. As much as I love these properties, as much as I love these characters, and I, I want to see a great Wonder Woman movie. When she pulls yeah. out that lasso in the trailer, I get chills. I mean, that oh, is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It looks awesome. It does. But if it suffers from the same convoluted mess of trying to throw too much at me, uh, with no sense of direction or even sense of storytelling arc at all, like we got in Batman v Superman, if it's more of that, I, listen, I'll rent it. Maybe. Right. And I'll <laughs> listen to you guys, you know, rant and trash, uh, trash at all, because, you know, the reality around this whole thing is that there's a lot of really good content out mm-hmm. there that I can enjoy. And I don't want to spend my money, my dollar supporting. And that's what has to happen. So fans of D.C. and I'm one of them. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. If the property isn't giving you what you want, don't don't vote you're gonna vote with your dollar. Don't go see the movie. It'll still make a lot of money, but just don't. Yeah. Don't <laughs> vote with your dollar.
2: We're, or, we're Scott ca- shooty champion of rotten tomatoes.
4: Hey, you know, uh, I almost got burned by Rotten Tomatoes over the weekend too. It was really interesting. So like early early scores are always high. So I'm a horror buff, right? So um Leonard and I are looking at the uh the movies and I'm like, oh hey. Rings is out and it was at eighty nine percent on Thursday. I so, said, "Do you want to go see Rings?" She's like, "Yeah, oh, it's yeah great." It yeah. went from eighty nine to zero. Yeah, in twenty four hours. But at any rate, yeah,
2: it's <laughs> it zero.
4: Uh, it's actually at seven. I think I could I could check, but I don't want to make too much noise. With my keyboard. That's awesome. I
3: don't so know. We didn't go. I, 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 I want these I want these DC movies to be great because I grew up and. Watching, you know, Christopher Reeves in Superman 1 and Superman 2, and then, you know, of course, Batman, um, you know, Tim Burton in Batman, and even Batman Returns for as much as, like, I don't like that movie. A lot of people do. And, um, those yeah, movies, those movies are regarded, and people love those films. And, um, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's, it's upsetting to me that, and, and see, the fucked up thing is, I, I'm not trying to knock the people that did like Batman v Superman. I think that they like it, and I think that they love it. They love it for what it was. I just wish that Batman v Superman was universally loved by everyone. That's what I yeah. want. I feel yes. like I feel like Avengers for the most part is universally loved by most fans. Um, Agreed. There are fans that are, and I know that there are people out there that don't like Avengers. I I I I've, 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 I actually. There are people that don't like the first Avengers film that I like. I like these people, and I know for a fact that they did not like this movie. And yeah. I, I still like these people. They are my friends. I consider <laughs> them my friends. You're, you're a good. You're a good person. I am a good person because I, I feel like these. I, I believe these people. I believe their opinion that they did not like the Avengers film. Um, and I still like these people, and and these are friends of mine. And I know for a fact that they did not like the movie, even though I think it's like it's it's so foreign of an idea to me to not like the first <laughs> Avengers movie. I feel like this is like this should be like a 100 percent universally loved film. But I do know that there are genuine people out there that did not like this movie for genuine reasons. I get it. But um Batman v Superman and some of these other movies, I feel like everyone should love these movies. These movies should be the, these movies should not be divisive. It, it, yeah, these, I, I know, I know,
2: honest to God, real people that like Batman v Superman. Yeah, I did <laughs> it one
3: on your show a couple weeks ago. <laughs> well, right? see, yeah. it's for Gafford, well, I love him. Okay, but, yeah. let me let me throw this out about Gafford. I I love Jared. I love Jared. Death. I think I, he's a fantastic guy. There's no disputing that. But when he's talking about his love for Ben Affleck's Batman, he's not really talking about the individual performance of Batman. He's not talking about like, "Oh my god, when there was that one scene where his voice and he inflected it this way and when he dropped that line, uh he did it in such a manner." Uh he's ta- when 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 Gafford is talking about Ben Affleck playing Batman, he's talking about, "Oh my god, Batman is moving the way that I know that Batman moved in the comic books. That is all yeah. choreography. You can thank the choreographers of the film. You can thank the people that did the special effects on the film that made Batman move the way that you think that he would always move in the comic books. There's really oh, it's n- the same. It's the same shit that freaked Jay out. Exactly. Exactly. Like when Batman is moving in the shadows and he's he's doing you know his flippity bullshit and he's. Throwing fucking crates at people and being a badass and fucking people up. You're you're not telling me about a specific scene where Batman is just talking to Superman one-on-one. You're not telling me about that scene where they're having like this fucking like, you know, like this moment where they're just fucking talking, where it's fucking dialogue. You're telling me about a scene where Batman's fucking punching a motherfucker in the face or Batman is like, you know, fucking flipping around and doing some bullshit in the shadows. You're basically congratulating the people that did the design on the character and did the choreography for the fucking character. Like there's nothing that Ben Affleck brought to this character that was special. I could have had I could have had anybody do those fucking scenes. Like the fucking <laughs> I could have had the fucking you like could have done him, right? I could have fucking done the scenes. Like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hold like, on, let's go. Put the cowl on me, I could have fucking done these scenes. There's like like the perform, and I'm not saying Ben Affleck is a bad actor, like I've seen him do s- some pretty good stuff in like Gone Girl, he, he was really good in Argo and good in The Town, but on the flip side, I'm gonna throw this out there, he also has not won like a fucking Academy Award. And I'm not saying that you have to fucking win an Academy Award to play Batman, that is not like the, you don't have to, like Michael Keaton, you know, he didn't fucking win an Academy Award for playing Batman in the day, now he fucking, did a, an amazing job playing Birdman. I'm going to throw that out there. He's fucking great. He's fucking phenomenal. Anyway, I'm just saying like Ben Affleck, what he did for Batman v Superman and what people loved about that movie, I don't think it's like the individual performance. I don't think it's what he brought to the movie. I think it's what the people that, that recognize like what Frank Miller did for the character – like that's batman batman lives in the fucking shadows batman let's make batman move like batman does because we have the technology now and we're not fucking christopher nolan to where everything has to be real world we can make him we can make him do some fucking um some things that 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 are that are inhuman that that uh you know what i mean you guys understand what i'm saying Yeah, Yeah, Does it make sense? Does it make sense? Like, I I love Gaffer to death, but I feel like his praise for, like, what he saw in this fucking Batman was not Ben Affleck. I feel like anybody could have fucking done that. Like, it was the choreographers and the way that they fucking made that character work in that fucking film. Yeah, I'm with you. If you're
4: going to go to that level, then my suggestion for the next Batman movie, if that's the litmus test we're going to judge our Batman by... Is now that aflax has gone, let's go ahead and put Gareth Evans from The Raid. Let's put his fucking ass in it, and then he, we can have Kung Fu Batman for two hours.
2: Yeah, I'd be down. Let's just have fun with it and see fucking amazing action Batman for two hours.
4: Yeah, and, you know, that fight, we were supposed to get Deathstroke, right? So Batman be Deathstroke, Gareth Evans style, bring it.
3: All right, so let's say uh, let's say the Batman comes out. We get a new director. I don't know. like let's talk about who they're talking about um, for this next director. Uh, Forbes is hearing that Matt Reeves is on the short list. Uh, several names have been floating around as being in contention for the director's chair, including Matt Reeves. He's from, of course, he's from, uh, the, uh, the planet of the apes films, Gavin O'Connor, Denis Villeneuve, who we recently found out he's going to be after he gets done with this blade runner, 2049 film. He's already, he's already doing the Dune movie. So he's not doing this Batman movie. Uh, they no. said Matt Ross. And then of course, perennial favorite George Miller. um, Guys, who's your choice? If you could have anybody now that now that Ben Affleck has stepped down uh from this, uh who do you who would you guys choose as your director for the Batman? Like like Jake like I know you're not the biggest fan of like what DC's done, but who would you have step in? And I'm talking dream director. I'm not asking you to say like who do you really realistically think is going to be the director for this fucking movie, Jake. If you want to say fucking Sam Raimi, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like, well, Sam Raimi's not gonna start. Hey, Sam Raimi's not gonna direct the Batman. You stupid son of a fuck. Like who would you uh, want to step in and do this, Jake? I if I'm doing dream director, yes, dream yeah, casting, it. dream directing. I'm putting David Fincher in here. David Fincher, talk to me.
2: The, the ultimate psychological thriller Batman movie. I think, you know, and plus he's got a working relationship with Ben Affleck already. You're right. Gone
3: Girl. Gone Girl, yeah.
2: So, and I think Fincher could really nail a psychotic, scary villain in a Batman universe.
3: It's a great choice, Jake. It's a great like choice. That,
2: almost like a seven, like fucking Batman movie.
3: It's a great choice. Shooty, who are you talking? Who are you going to like interact with? I
2: like
4: Fincher a lot. I like yeah. where you're going, right? So can we can we go ahead and bring the horror aspect? Can we bring the detective aspect into it? Um, you know, I threw out Evans. I thought that was fun. Uh, it's definitely not Kevin Smith, so there we go there. Yeah. Um, you know, he would be fun just from uh, just kind of a shooting from my sore hip kind of a way, but... What, what if we threw Abrams on it and we just let him reboot the whole thing? The guy is magic with that, right? So let's take an IP that maybe has lost its steam, and we'll yeah. throw Abrams on it and just let a member bury us to death.
2: <laughs>
4: you can't. I don't, know. Yeah. I don't know
2: if Abrams could do the magic touch on Batman or not.
4: Again, I'm just throwing it from the hip because I really like your suggestion. I didn't want to repeat it. So I'm just throwing it from the hip. Sure. I,
2: It's hard to imagine Fincher not making a fucking detective movie. Like, that's what Fincher would do.
4: Right. And I want to see that. Yeah. Right. As cool as it would be to see Kung Fu Batman, that's not my Batman. No.
3: Hey, 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 Scott, like, I'm not going to dispute your fucking choice. I I love Jake's choice, but, like, on your choice, your choice, like, 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 what's so good about Abrams? Is like he's good for like one fucking you know like like he'll fucking like he'll squirt out one fucking good movie like you know like uh like, like uh, he he gets shit going he gets the ball fucking rolling you know what I mean like he 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 squirt, he, he get he did a great Star Trek film you know oh God, that's, like first Star Trek it's amazing yeah it's it, the
4: best of the three Hands exactly down.
3: he should have fucking George Costanza that shit like oh my God okay this was my one fucking good fucking joke you know and it just fucking bailed. And, but he came back, he did Into Darkness, and it, it, it yeah. was not as good. I always
2: point to into, into Darkness when people complain about Abrams not doing Episode 8.
3: Right, exactly. Like, I'm so glad that Abrams, he got the ball rolling on The Force Awakens. He set the tone. He set the tone. And then let a guy like Ryan Johnson come in and do Episode 8. You know what I mean? And that, that, that's, I feel like, you know, in hindsight, that's what they should have done with Star Trek. Like, let J.J. Abrams come in, set the tone for the new Star Trek reboot, have another director come in there and do it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, he came back, he did Into Darkness. It wasn't what everybody wanted. But, um, well, I,
4: I think he even learned from that, though, too, yeah. if you think about it, right? So, yeah. Into Darkness fails because there's all these moments that are unearned, but they're all moments that J.J. Pulled from the past, so he basically tried to do the very same thing that he did in that first movie and the second one. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pull beloved moments from the past, and people are going to love it. Not if they're unearned, right? So what he does with Force Awakens is, hey, and people criticize Force Awakens for this. I happen to love it. I'm going to go ahead and pull on things that we love from the past, but we're going to use it as a launching pad for the IP, Right. So now I've got this brand new universe that other people can play in. Uh, Thank you very much. Here's my paycheck. I want to go home. Batman's right for this. And I and I don't even know if. Oh, man, Jared, I love you. You're going to hate me for this. I don't even know if um, the Batman that we got in Batman v. Superman is the Batman that I wanna see moving forward.
3: Yeah. He's you're not right. he's
4: not compelling enough for me to wanna to build a universe. No, the whole reason yeah. they got
3: fucking Ben Affleck in there is was to fucking direct the fucking Batman movie.
4: Well, well shit. And now we lost that, Scott. I, I get I get it. Well, Brian, hey, I'm sorry. You could probably write a, a Batman script and do a great fucking job of it. I know that um uh uh Gafford could write a Batman script, I and mean, he's got the deepest rogues gallery of anybody, Yeah. anybody. And we can go nine, ten movies deep before we're starting to scratch our heads and go, hmm, "Who are we going to pull out here?" Uh, the yeah, man, come thing?
3: on, come on! But they they, they fucked yeah. that up. They fucked that up, Scott. Look at Jared Leto. Look what they did with his fucking Joker. Uh, see, see, but that's not that's not
4: um, that's the studio's fault. That's my humble. I mean, that's the studio saying. Hey, you know what, we're gonna take a character, we're gonna make him hip, and we're gonna make him edgy, and I knew we, it, we were in big ass trouble when they put fucking- I know, I on know, his. I that's know, fucking but- that's
0: Where the fuck do- Hold on, where the fuck do you- It's
2: just the studio's fault though.
0: I'm not no, getting-
3: a, I, I get that. Where the fuck do you think they're gonna go- They're calling the movie the Batman, they've already introduced the villain, is gonna be Deathstroke. Yeah. I, Come on. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You got Joe Manganiello playing Deathstroke. Where the fuck you going to go in the
0: Batman?
3: Uh, hire JJ J Abrams is going to come in. He's going to
4: blow everything up. We're going to keep Deathstroke as a as an assassin for hire. Um we're going to bring in uh, I don't know. We're going to bring in some major villain that everybody can fucking relate to. Yeah. And we're going to tell the Batman story the way that it should be. And we're going to put him in a universe that people can love. And people are going to be excited about the next movie. My fear is that they're going to go ahead and put this movie out. They're going to fast track it like you guys are saying. I'm going to fast track this fucking movie out. And it's going to be meh. And then what do I have to look forward to? Let a me
3: give movie? you, let, let me give you, let me give, first I'm going to give you James Gunn's choice as the director. James Gunn. Nice. I love that. James Gunn wants Green Room director Jeremy Saulnier to direct the film. Mm-hmm. I can't say that he's wrong. I thought Green Room was fantastic,
4: one of the best movies of last year.
3: Okay, so I'm not, I, I'm not going to fault James Gunn. I mean, you know, if you're going to ask James Gunn who does he want to direct the Batman movie and he says Jeremy Saulnier, I'm I'm saying Jer- I'm saying James Gunn uh, is. Uh, I mean shit let's listen to the guy the guy he fucking knows what a good comic book movie needs and uh, he's saying Jeremy Saulnier I on the I on the flip side I my choice (laughs) my choice for uh, the director of the Batman is Dan Trachtenberg the that's good that's good 13 Cloverfield Lane bam thank you that's my guy man that's my guy fucking Dan Trachtenberg I mean, he fucking, he killed it in Cloverfield Lane, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I think this guy could be a fantastic director. Oh, my God. Come on, DC. Come on. Come on. If you, you, got, you gotta be fucking kidding me. He, this guy fucking killed it in 10 Cloverfield Lane.
2: He killed they, it. They, they won't make a smart move like
0: that. Jay, come on.
2: Or if they do, they'll just neuter him and he won't be a good director anymore. Yeah, I with Jake, I,
4: I think he would. I love that pick too, because I, I think that you know he's whi- he he proved that he can take um, a story and, and and really build on characters and take a lot of risks too. That's yeah. the thing I loved about that film is it yeah. took so many risks, and you know to do that in the Batman universe, yeah. oh man, that's awesome.
3: Take uh. my money. Uh that's that's that. The re- the reason I'm getting so passionate about this is because it's like the an- it's right there it's right there in front of you. You've got Jeremy Saulnier from fucking Green Room, who I thought, you know what? The only reason I watched that movie, Scott, was because of you. Like you 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 championed that movie, and I was like, holy shit! You know I've got to watch this movie number one because I'm a big fan of Anton and the God damn it! The guy passed away this year, and it, and and Patrick Stewart's in this movie, and like you know, Scott, you're telling me it's a great movie, and I watched it, and it was fantastic. Like he's a great director. Yeah, exactly. No, I listen to what you say. I, when you tell me to fucking watch a movie, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna watch that movie. Like I watched Hell or High Water because you said it's a good fucking movie, and I watched that movie, and it's a great movie. And uh I can't wait. I'm going to watch Train to Busan because like – Oh, you, well, yeah. I was going to talk about that today. Man. Dude, dude, dude. I hear from you it's a great movie and I also know that it's a great fucking movie. So <laughs> I want to watch Train to Busan because Scott Schutte says it's a good movie. Like when Scott Schutte says something's good, I know that it's it, it's got like the chances for it being a good movie – are that much increased because I respect your opinion, and so I want to see this movie. Um, you know, so Jeremy Saulnier, if if Scott Su- if Scott Schutte says that Green Room's a good movie because this guy directed the film, and then James Gunn also comes out and says like this guy's a great director, and I feel like this guy should direct the Batman. I feel like that's a good choice. That's a solid choice. And then on the flip side, I feel like Dan Trachtenberg, Jake, you gotta agree with me here. Uh, oh yeah. And Scott, did you see? Did you see Ten Cloverfield Lane? Of course. Yeah. I mean, like. Dan Trachtenberg is a solid choice for a director that I feel like, you know, like, like Marvel, Marvel is doing this. Marvel is like, oh my God. Okay. Let's get these up and coming directors and have them direct our films. Like we don't always have to get established directors to do these films. Like we don't always have to get a Zack Snyder. We don't always have to get a James Wan. Like, Marvel has been getting up and coming directors like who the fuck was like John Favreau other the fa- other than like John Favreau starring in Maid and starring in Swingers and all these other things like John Favreau like who was he before he directed Iron Man you know
2: yeah yeah
3: exactly right exactly. now n- hold on like was what, what is he doing now he's directing Jungle Book and like Disney is so fucking ass deep into fucking John Favreau now. They love John oh, yeah, Favreau. he's
2: directing Jungle Book two. Boom. Lion King.
3: Yes, Lion he Wants to King. go back to Iron Man. Yes, yes. I, uh, well, they're talking about hopefully getting him to come back to Iron Man. Uh,
4: I'm, I'm so there. I'm, I'm buying tickets in advance. Favreau comes back to Iron
3: Man. Oh, Name God. Iron Man three. Let's go. Iron Man four. <laughs> Give me Iron oh. Man four with fucking John Favreau. I'm there, dude. I am there. I am there, and. Um, <laughs> So, like, if you're telling me like you're going to give an up and coming director like Dan Trachtenberg, who I love, Ten Cloverfield Lane, if you're going to give him the reins of the Batman, I feel like I feel like that's I'm down for it. Let's see what he can do. I'm just I'm really upset that 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 Ben Affleck wasn't given um, the confidence and the time. To work with the property that I feel like him and Jeff John should have been able to, to do. I, I feel like Ben Affleck, like, had Gotham not been working with the Court of Owls, I feel like Ben Affleck, if they were to give him, like, the Court of Owls story, and they would have said, you know what, okay, you know what, come out with your Batman movie in 2019 or 2000, 2020, whenever the fuck you want to, and, uh, give me a good Court of Owls story. Let's do this.
0: Let's have, yeah. you know what, let, Let's 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 do let's do this Batman movie
3: justice. Let's let's make this David, the, let's make this the best Batman movie ever. Like that should be your goal. That should be your goal. Is not just to make a Batman movie that'll come out in 2018 so you can hit a a um, a time like oh we have to have a movie come out in 2018. We gotta hit this certain time frame.
2: I agree. I agree. I toss all of this. It's obviously they just want the money and they, they don't care about the quality.
3: You're right. I mean, let's, I think, I feel like wonder brothers should just say, you know what? Let's, you know, those Nolan movies were really good. They were dark Knight was fantastic. That's a great fucking Batman movie, but you know what? Jeff Johns, Ben Affleck. Let's make the best fucking Batman movie ever fucking made. Let's make let's make the best Batman movie ever made. Let's let's do it and take your time. Take your the time. Today, that's Warner Brothers' attitude. You can wake me back up. Yeah, and Warner well, Brothers is supposed to be the filmmaker studio, and they were. Yeah. I, I felt like Warner Brothers would actually. They, they're, they're supposedly the filmmaker studio. Like let's let's let the filmmakers make the film that they want to make. I mean, how long did it take Boyhood to come out? You know, like that movie. Yeah, it, I, they, they made that movie for like seven, eight years. You know, so. when it comes to their giant
2: franchises, though, that's proven not to be the case.
4: Yeah, yeah. look at the Matrix. Matrix is a great example of that, right? Yeah, yeah, pure that's true. cash call. Yeah. yeah. Look so at what Suicide has to, Squad? Oh, Suicide God. Squad. Yeah. So what has to happen before they stop? You know what I'm saying? Because I think there might still be hope for a really good Batman movie, right? I love your idea of yeah. the Court of Owls. Yeah. Um. I was talking with David Isaac earlier today, and he's yeah. like, "You know what? Let's do Hush." Fucking great idea! Great
2: idea! It right? is a great idea. Yeah, Hush, Hush is too much for a movie. I don't know. Me and and what it's makes something... what make what what made Hush work was the return of Jim Lee and having so many iconic Batman characters all in one story i just don't think that translates to movie
4: we're not there yet Uh, at any rate my point is what has to happen before we put the brakes on the train and say you know what um we need to really rethink what Mm. we're doing and start all over so the cw universe is doing great yeah because they're telling their own stories and i just feel like they're trying to play catch up and i too many people are just making too many poor decisions. What has to happen before Warner Brothers says, "You know what? Stop. Um, we're uh, we're wasting our time."
0: It's happening
3: so right now. <laughs> it's Scott. It's happening right now. I mean, it's happening right now. We've had how many directors leave the Flash movie? I mean, it's happening. Like, like it's happening right now. It, it's all falling apart, which is unfortunate. Um. But sometimes you gotta fall apart, Brian, before you can put things back together. So,
4: very first, but that's where I want to, has Warner Brothers stepped up to the podium and said, Hi, I'm Warner Brothers, Um, I make, sadly, sorry, Jared, I I, I make bad superhero movies, right? So, when, 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 (laughs) it sounds
2: like we're at an AA
4: meeting. Exactly. You have to admit that you have a problem before you can solve that problem, right? So I hear you. All these people are leaving, but if they don't believe they have a problem, there is no problem, and it just continues. What has to happen before the studio says, hey, we have to stop? I mean, look at the um, – I'm going to go back to the Burton series, right? So if finally they had Batman and Robin, and that was such a disaster that this, we're going to stop for a while and not do this anymore. So what happens, what has to happen before Warner Brothers says – We've got these IPs, we've got all these characters, and we should be making more than $800 million on fucking Batman v. Superman. Um, Let's get our heads out of our asses and figure this shit out.
2: Yeah, I I agree with Brian. I think it's it's already happening. I think within the next five years, this whole thing is rebooted.
4: God, I hope you're right. I really do. And so, if we're going to reboot, do you reboot and do it the Marvel way? Do you just start telling individual stories and bring them all together, or how do you do that? Or don't you even fucking care? You just go to the go to the well, grab a good story, throw it up on
2: screen. I think that's that's the way you do it. Let the shared universe come naturally, and don't okay. sacrifice the story to make money.
3: It's not about it's not about playing catch up. It's
2: what, 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 it's, it's too late. Make good movies and then worry about catch up later.
3: What's what's so crazy about this is that both both studios started the same way. Let me let me explain this. Is that Iron Man started off with just a single film. It was not supposed to be an expanded universe. Yes, it turned into that, but it was it was not supposed to be Iron Man is going to turn into Avengers. They did not know what they had and the same thing with 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 man of steel like man of steel was just like an individual film it was not supposed to turn into like a whole expanded universe it just started off with man of steel it was supposed to be a single a singular superman film
2: there's no way that that's what the studio intended though
3: with with man of steel and with yeah iron man
2: no, with Man of Steel. With both, probably. I mean, at the end of the day, the filmmakers believed that, but I'm sure the studios had higher dreams.
3: Uh, I, I guess, Jake. I mean, like, everything that I've ever read, or I'm going off of everything that I've ever read about these, is that, like, if you go back and you watch, like, Man of Steel, like, they didn't set up a larger universe for anything. They really didn't. But... It was it was just basically a Superman movie, and so oh,
2: okay. I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying Warner Brothers like their ultimate vision still has to be let's make sequels at least, if not a shared universe. I'm sure they were still yeah wanting a multi million dollar Superman franchise that they could have Man of Steel two, Man of Steel
3: three, you know. It, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. It's just, it's, it's just one of those things. Where, yeah, I, I get it. It's just one of those things where like I feel like they didn't they didn't set it up to be like this whole universe with all these different characters. And I feel like that's why Man of Steel worked for me is I felt like once you got to Batman V Superman, they kind of forced everything to be like this expanded universe and they tried to get everything moving a lot faster than it really should have. I feel like, I feel like there oh, should be, yeah, it, w- it, oh, goes, yeah.
2: In- it goes into hyper speed.
3: Yeah. There. there should be individual movies for all these characters. I I, I feel like they, they, they fucked up that they fucked that up though. Do we really think that there's going to be an individual cyborg movie? If they do, if they make that movie, they're out of their minds. they well, at- they
2: gave us their main event for their second movie. Like, yeah, that,
3: uh, yeah, it's
2: fucking up so much. Like, yeah, since we knew there was a Marvel shared universe, we've wanted Infinity Gauntlet.
3: Yeah, you're Marvel right. Marvel
2: didn't come out and say, "Well, that's our next fucking movie."
3: Right? No,
2: like they've made they've done phases.
3: Wait, phases. Yeah
2: they've built up even more excitement like there was no excitement build up for Batman v Superman they announced it was the next movie and there it came right. and it was the second fucking movie of yeah. a shared movie universe yeah It's like, way to fucking shoot your wad on movie two.
3: For uh, for everybody thinking that I'm a fucking Marvel fanboy and that I just fucking love Marvel movies, it's like, fuck off, dude. I I hated fucking uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. I tossed that fucking shit. Ant-Man was fucking the most mediocre movie I've ever seen. It was the safest fucking movie where they didn't try to fucking push the envelope at all. So, like, I see... I I do watch these movies and I see them for what they are. I see them for what they are. But I'm not going to – I'm not going to tell you like, okay, fucking Suicide Squad was great. Like, oh my god. They fucking – they risked so much in that movie and they they put themselves out there and like, oh my god. Like, the Joker was so fucking good in that movie and like – uh Batman v Superman like Jesse Eisenberg was the most fucking revolutionary Lex Luthor I've ever seen. Like, oh my god, I can't believe that they fucking did that. That's so good. Like, I I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm going to let you know like what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And like I yeah, you you can say Brian, oh yeah, your fucking your your uh Doctor Strange rating was bullshit. I got excited for magic in the Marvel universe. Like the way that they presented magic and magic going forward in the Marvel universe. I'm excited for it. I thought it I thought it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, me too. And um I love the way they presented Doctor Strange. I felt like that they gave that character God damn it. I felt like that They gave that character the proper origin, and going forward, I was looking forward to seeing more of Baron Mordo and him and him and Baron Mordo going forward in that universe. Um, That's that's me, and that's how I feel. And uh, I I understand if people don't agree with me and they think I'm bullshit. I I, I won't I won't fight people and be like Ah, fuck you! You're full of shit. I get it. Like I understand why people don't like Doctor Strange, but um, as far as like people. Like I get people that love Batman v Superman. I, I understand why you loved it, but I also I, I did I liked it, but I didn't love it. I'm I'm right down the middle with Batman v Superman, and and that's that's what's a, that's what's a damn shame for me is that not everybody. It should be universally loved because I feel like when you go back and you watch the Christopher Reeve Superman film, Superman One, Superman Two, those are great movies, and I feel like even
2: Batman same
3: thing exactly i feel like those are universally loved um now if you're a millennial and you didn't grow up during that time i can understand you watching it right now and seeing like oh that's like that's an old person's movie and i i don't like it I, i i get that but i but for anybody growing up during that time and watching those movies as they came out those were universally loved i i for somebody to to go and see Tim Burton's Batman for the first time, or 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 Donner's Superman one, and and even Superman two for the first time, and and you and you not like those movies, I, I don't understand that. Those are great movies. So. Yeah,
4: I agree. I agree. They're amazing what? movies, and and you know, at that time too, we weren't saturated yeah with superhero movies either right so yeah when superman the movie came out that was a huge that was an experience going to go see that and everybody was in on that same thing with batman 89 right so Mm -hmm. here's a character that i haven't really seen since um you know adam west was carrying a bomb above his head on the fucking dock right so (laughs) you know in that time he had Hundreds of stories, and you know he's a real dark character, and we heard he was going to go that way, and yeah. everybody jumped on that. And before that time, if you can remember, and I don't know you do that. There was, there was no Batman T-shirts or whatever. And a year before that movie came out, pow, it was everywhere. So oh, yeah. you know what, our our expectations are higher because I live in a world where um these movies are coming out four or five times a year now so it's not like I waited a decade and here it is it's um I have an expectation around what these are gonna mean to me because I live in a world where it's accessible and i I don't think that anybody believes that you are a Marvel fanboy by any means um uh, I I know you, Brian. I know that you want to have these movies be good. I think yeah. everybody agrees with that. I think what happens with the DC fanboys in particular is that they are they're they're just as frustrated and pissed off as everybody else, and it's a trigger thing, right? So, sure. um, you know, I hate these movies. Oh, you you're you're an asshole. You're a Marvel fanboy. No, I'm not. I just you know what I remember. I remember Christopher Reeves, and I remember that Superman. And I remember how <laughs> I felt about that character. And I want something similar. I want my Superman
3: back. Dude, no, I don't, it, it's I sure don't know too
2: much to ask. Yeah. Dude, no.
3: I, I, for all those people that think I'm a fucking Marvel fanboy and, and that think I don't like – that I don't love DC movies, let me just remind you that I am – my favorite my favorite my favorite out of the Nolan trilogy is not the Dark Knight. my, fa- my favorite is the Dark Knight Rises. So if you I guys
2: agree it's laughable
3: I, it is laughable to most people. It is. <laughs> it is laughable to most people but like for me I feel like I love for me I love the underdog story. like the Dark Knight is Batman in his prime it's batman in his prime and batman in his prime going against the joker and it just i like it i think it i think that uh you know um heath ledger's performance as the joker is fantastic but when i'm watching the dark knight rises i'm watching a batman that's past his prime and i love a story where somebody is past their prime and they're fighting for for something that uh that they should not be able to sh- should not be able to win. Like uh, if you're watching um, the Rocky films, and I know it compared to the Rocky films quite a bit, but like you know Rocky Balboa, where he's like you know in his uh, you know late forties or fifties or whatever, and he's fighting somebody that's in their twenties in their prime, and like Rocky takes him like you know twelve rounds. That's that's what I got from, like, The Dark Knight Rises is, like, Batman has passed his prime, and he's fucking taking on a Bane at his prime, and he still fucking wins. And, like, that's what I love about that. I, I love a character that's, like, that should not be able to – that should not be able to fucking take on a character – that should not be able to beat the villain, but they do. They find a way to do it. And that's what I love about The Dark Knight Rises. And so I, I love, like, like, <laughs> that's what I love. Like, I love probably like the least favorite Nolan Batman film, <laughs> which makes no sense. Anyway, guys, let's wrap this episode up because we've been going on too long. Um, yeah, fuck DC news. Uh, yeah, uh, Nicole Kidman, <laughs> Nicole Kidman is the top choice to play Aquaman's mother in the uh, Aquaman film. She's going to be, uh, she's in contention to play Atlanta. Um I think it's fantastic. I just saw the the movie Lion and I thought she was great in that role, so I I'm 100% her playing I I think she'd be a great um in, in playing uh James uh what's it uh, Jason Momoa's mother in Aquaman. Back though. to
2: the DC universe for Nicole Kidman. I th-
3: I yeah, I think she'd be fantastic in it. So just my two cents. Uh, let, uh let's wrap this episode up. Uh blah, 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 blah. all right guys, hey Scott, thank you for joining us. Thank you, my Scott. pleasure. My and uh days, guys. just like all good leftovers saying their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on one episode. God damn it, Jake. Episode 170 fucking 4. Or is not wow. it isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think so. What the is is fuck? next week 175? Or is
3: 174? I think it's 174. Jesus. Yeah, we're I mean, old.
2: Time to hang up the caves. What the, the
3: fuck? 174? What the fuck? What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> making yeah, people
4: happy, baby. Making people happy.
3: <laughs> you know what? That's a thing. Nah. That's a thing. I've yeah, never.
4: You'd like to think that.
3: You you would like to think that, Scott. Like making
4: I, a couple people happy.
3: Every, every like every episode, like I've never wanted to. I've never wanted to go out of my way to hurt anybody, but we've done it.
4: <laughs> well, you made you made a guy weep. The milky, <laughs> I made a guy cry. Guy. I made Milky Eye guy
3: cry. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I,
4: yeah, I cried a little bit, too, when you read that letter. Uh, I couldn't stop laughing. Tears of joy screaming down my face.
3: Cried and yeah, laughter. I laughed.
2: I laughed quite a lot during that, too.
3: Yeah, good times. Guys, we'll see you next week with uh, 100, uh, what is it? Fuck, I don't know, 170-something. We'll be back. Yeah, unfortunately, we will. All right. All right, we'll see you next week. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. I oh, appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, later.
4: They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that.
0: There's already like 7 million podcasts.
2: It's a trap.
0: Do it toss it, good it taste it, Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware parties, Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover. Counter-culture, pop culture push over. pop Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said? go. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing That is hot culture Leftovers. That are original and good have already been done before. So we should separate the wheat from the chaff. And we the chaff crap. Even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the door, kids. It's, it's, it's a trap. And toss it good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Raise it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Total culture pushed over. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Sure only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Mama, mama. It, good it, it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. We're uncool kids. What's to say's has already been said. Leftovers. Leftovers. Sure, the only talent is the band that's singing. There's
1: hot culture.
0: Leftovers.